0: The Star Wars book community supports the actors still striking in the United States of America. So come on, Disney and co, pay your actors fairly. In the meantime, as fans, we want to still celebrate and talk about the work that actors and hundreds of other people have put in to make a show like Ahsoka a success. So we're going to talk about it today. You're listening to the Star Wars book community podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Johnny Maynard and I'm joined by some of the usual suspects and we're going to have some other new voices in the mix today as well. We'll explain that in a moment. But I'm joined first and foremost today by Morgan Patton. Hello, Morgan. Hi. How you doing?
1: I'm good. I thought I was just saying hello. And Chris Davies. Hi, Chris.
0: Well, hello. Good to have you here, Chris, as always. And Johnny Olaf. Hi, Johnny. Hello there. How you doing?
2: I'm good, thank you.
0: Good, good. Good to have you back on the show. Um so we're talking about the Disney Plus Ahsoka show today and we're mixing up the format a bit. Um, we've got several uh, separate conversations pre-recorded that we're going to drop into this discussion as we go. Uh, Chats with other folk from the Star Wars book community with fans old and new. So hopefully there'll be a nice range of views um, in the mix here. But first of all, let's go round the table here and get a measure of our headline responses to the Ahsoka show. Uh, first up, Johnny-O, how are you feeling about the Ahsoka show now it's all done and dusted for the headline view? Um,
2: I loved it, basically. Um, I th- it's possibly my favourite of the live action shows so far. Um, mm-hmm. I think only, you know, rewatches watches will uh, decide that, but yeah.
0: Yeah, these things sometimes take a little bit of time to bed in and sort of settle in terms of wh- where they rank for you if you, if you do the ranking thing. Uh, Morgan, what about you?
1: I also loved it. I don't think it's my favorite. I think my favorite still sticks with uh, Andor, but I, I particularly like, Hmm. I appreciate Disney, um, in general, when they release shows on the weekly release schedule, like the old school traditional style, instead of dumping an entire season at once. I just want to say that I appreciate that so much. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, you're sitting with it week to week, and you have time to have conversations with other fans and people that you're watching it with. And yeah, yeah, I get that, I get that. Um And Chris, what about you? Yeah, um same,
3: exactly the same as was Morgan. So I loved it. I think Andor's still my favourite. I mean, I, I, no, I know Andor's still mm-hmm. my favourite. Um And yeah, it is. It is nice to wait week on week because one of the best experiences I ever had with TV. You know, just spending. Regardless of how it ended up, but one of the best experiences I ever had was Lost. Mm, I knew you were going to say Lost. Yeah, when it was airing, there was you had to wait a week. And there was people crazy yeah. theories. It's where I learned my crazy theories from. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you, you don't have any of that now. So it's uh, yeah, mm. it's, it's a good one. I, I really liked it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think for me, I. I... I think for me, Andor is still up there as the the show that I appreciate most and sort of as objectively as you can, you can be about these things. But Ahsoka had a special Star Wars magic for me that, 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 did. that Andor didn't quite have. Uh, and certainly of of the quote-unquote Mandoverse shows so far and seasons of Mandoverse stuff so far, Ahsoka's definitely my favourite um, of that lot, of, of this this group of stories that are kind of lumped in this part of the timeline um at, at the moment. But um okay, good stuff. So first up, let's think about the character of, of Ahsoka herself. I, I spoke recently to one of the Star Wars book community's biggest Ahsoka fans. Um the uh the wonderful john who many folk on the instagram community will know as at star wars pada 101 so let's have a listen to that chat with john and, and then we'll get into ahsoka as a character hello and joining me now in the star wars book community cantina We have John, who many of you will know from Instagram as at Star Wars Pada 101, Um, someone who I have wanted to talk to on the podcast since its inception, really, Um, because John has been very much at the heart of the Star Wars book community since its inception um, several years ago on Instagram. Uh, someone who's very much involved in, in bringing a sort of a core bunch of folk together, actually, um, uh, and very much embodies um, in his Instagram content what the Star Wars community is all about. Uh, so, John, thank you so much for joining me.
4: Thank you. And, you know, when you had reached out, couldn't be more excited and flattered to, uh, to, to be part of this. So, thank you.
0: I can't believe it's taken us this long to get you on the show, but I knew that when we were going to be talking about Ahsoka again, I knew that I had to bring you on because you, you kind of are an Ahsoka super fan, really, you know, you're, you know, you're my Ahsoka guy.
4: And I appreciate that. And there, there's thousands of us and, and, you know, it's such a niche community. Um, but I'm glad to be able to, to speak on behalf of all the, the, the Ahsoka heads out there.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Well, let, let's get into it because I, I want to talk a little bit more generally about Ahsoka with you because this is the first time we've actually had a chance to talk face-to-face, uh, which is wonderful. Uh, so I'm hearing your voice for the first time after several years of um, uh, of chatting with you online. Well, let's, we'll talk a little bit about Ahsoka generally, then, then we'll get into the live-action stuff and the Ahsoka show, uh, obviously, as well. But, but thinking about Ahsoka, that this this character, this, this Padawan of Anakin Skywalker's, who, you know, we, we met her in 2008 in, in that animated movie, and we'd never, well, as far as we were concerned, Anakin hadn't had a Padawan. Um, but over the last 15 years, it is now, um, we've gotten to know her. But what is it about that character that you like so much, John?
4: I think for those who have known me online, you could probably tell that I'm romantic at heart. And when I mean that, not in an infatuated sort of way, but soulful, you know, uh, yeah. that manner. And we all love Star Wars. Obviously, we're here for a reason. But but her character, she, she adds that element to the story. And mm. it, it, it's someone who stands on her own. But at the same time, you feel the tragedy. And there's nothing you and I can do to help her. But at the same time, you know she's damaged. You know she's she's traumatized, and you can't help but feel sorry. But at the same time, you know you're, you're so glad to see her evolve to the next phase. Yeah. Right. Long story short, such a complex character and adds so much soul to, to Star Wars.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's inter- just hearing you say that sparked a thought, which was you know, all the way through that animated series. Whenever she is the focus of an episode, she very quickly becomes the heart, the heart of what it's about. Absolutely, I once did actually, because I'm a geek and I love spreadsheets, I, I did once break down how many episodes of The Clone Wars she was actually in versus how many she's not. And she's in surprisingly few, few. of
4: them. absolutely.
0: Actually. Yeah. A little over half, but not. I think, I may be misremembering, it's been a while, right. a few years. That's right. But when she is there, she is the heart of the show, and, you know, she, she's, she's the one who's at the heart of the thematics, at the heart of what the message of that episode is. It's all about her and her growth, really, isn't it?
4: it and, and she adds a human element. And obviously she's not human, but you, it's, <laughs> it's that element where you and I and our fans can, can easily relate to. She, yeah. she, she's new at this. She's stumbling through it. She just really wants to help and do good. I mean, you know, how, how hard is it to relate to that? You know, it's super simple.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And of course, we've seen her develop across the animated shows. Both Clone Wars and, and Rebels, because Dave can't stay away from his pet projects. He, he loves coming back. Um, and obviously, then again, the natural evolution of that w- w- was into live action um, and, and some, some live action appearances before this Ahsoka show. Um, thinking about her appearances in The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, did those live up to your expectations? I mean, did they whet your appetite for more live action Ahsoka?
4: More for sure, mainly because can't believe it's happening, right? Mm. You mentioned Ahsoka just yeah. a few years ago and everybody, no one would know what you're talking about. And the fact yeah. that she's becoming more commonplace, uh, and I remember that episode of, of The Mandalorian where not, not even her appearance, but just the mention of her name by Bo-Katan yeah. and me yeah. just remembering that I, I'm, I'm sweating and I'm tingling and you had to wait a whole <laughs> yeah. episode in between. Right. Mm. So, so never mind yeah. that. Was Rosario the right person to do it? All of that. It was just amazing to finally see it where everybody can see it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you had told us in the summer of 2008 that, you know, 13, 14 years later, we would be watching a live an episode of live action Star Wars yeah. with this character grown up in in essentially sort of a, a, a sort of a Kurosawa samurai inflected movie sort of movie episode. Yeah. Um, I, we would not have believed it, you know. Um, that's sort of an, an astonishing leap, but it, it seems so natural now.
4: We can nitpick the length of her who like, all day long, or if it's, she's got yeah. the eyes, the voice. Putting that aside, just the fact that her introduction, where the lightsaber stretched, and, and yeah. I mean, come on, how how epic is that?
0: Yeah, I mean, speak, speaking personally, I, I I think Rosario looks great oh, in the role. Agreed. I definitely find the voice difficult initially. You know um and not least because you know we did get that little glimpse particularly in the mortis arc in the clone wars of what an older ahsoka yeah, might yeah, yeah. look like right, you know right. and she's very much rocking the shack t, right. the very long montrals and obviously the voice does sound like rosario and you know so you know it's like we did have something in our at the back of our minds however vaguely we recalled that um we, which wasn't quite what we were seeing but you know I, I'm personally, I'm not one for nitpicking that stuff. You know, nothing is perfect, and nothing is made in a vacuum. There are reasons for everything in terms of practicalities on set. She's got to do fight scenes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm good with with how it is. The way
4: I reconcile it is that I don't look or sound the way I did 20 years ago. Yeah. So you know, yeah. yeah. So who's to say an older version yeah. of of Ahsoka would not look or sound any different?
0: Yeah, M- maybe Montrals grow long and then shorten as well. Maybe it's like nostril hair. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it, it just needs dealing with from time to time. Um, sorry, that just came out of <laughs> um, think, Thinking about the Ahsoka show then, I mean, did, did you go into that with particular expectations or hopes? And if so, were they met? Or, or do you try to stay away from being too expectant?
4: You know, I did. I I, I had a lot of expectations in that this is the one time where the rest of the Star Wars universe will finally get to know this person. Mm -hmm. Up until that point, you're right that it's a couple of appearances, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett. Everyone else knows her peripherally. When my friends come over and they see my meager Ahsoka collection, who the heck is this person? So this was the one opportunity where everybody can finally get to know her. My concern about the show is that from my perspective, the only thing people got to know about Ahsoka is she is this awesome Jedi. Mm. Right. Yeah. Other than that, what else was there? Yeah.
0: And and for, for my money, (sighs) quite a traditional Jedi, very, very stoic, stoic. you know, it, it, in, it, in the way she projects herself, you know, the, 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 you know, and okay, she's not 15 years old anymore. She's not wisecracking. I don't mind that. Right. At all. You know, right. no, no, I don't think anybody really wanted her to be snips, <laughs> you know, right? but you know, it, I would have maybe enjoyed just something that showed hints of the person she was. Um, and or, or, and in the absence of that, maybe something that hints at maybe why she's not that.
4: Agreed. Completely agreed. Yeah. And, you know, seriousness aside for a second, you know, I, I was almost doing a, a, a shot game where you take a shot how many times she would cross her arms. And I get <laughs> it that she does that, but it, it seemed like yeah. that was, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, I only learned recently why that was. And, and in the early days of the Clone Wars show, they had a very limited range of um, model animations. right? So, you know, if, if you look at that Clone Wars movie from 2008, everybody is crossing their arms all the time because it's one of right. the few sort of character gestures that they had down pat that they could just sort of transfer from one character model to the next just to give them something to do while they're mm-hmm. talking. You know, But it kind of became a character trait, particularly of her over the course of the...
4: And, know, and boy, did, the they, did so. they really want everybody to know that that was a character trait, yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, completely, completely. But yeah, you're right, it's a very staid gesture, right. so it kind of drives home this, she's quite stoic and thoughtful and not particularly expressive. It's not a very expressive gesture, you know? And,
4: and it builds this expectation that she's got this, right? That at the end of the day, yeah. she's going to win yeah but the thing is well we, we you know we don't have time to go into season two and potential and all of that, but if you're gonna paint her in that picture of all knowing stoic she she's got this, and yet the events unfolded as they were then then why you know so so clearly she doesn't know everything quite yet, and that's okay, but don't paint her as such, you know anyways.
0: Yeah, it, it, it feels very much like a show that needs the second season to explain why, why.
4: <laughs> <You> know, well, <laughs> you know. well so, so going back to your point of the first question of why, why is she the one that I love the most? Mm. What I wanted the show to do is for everyone else in the world to understand why she is the way she is, why she's so popular yeah. and why so many relate to her. And other than her being a a really great fighter and being this all-knowing Jedi, Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that that's all people got to know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm still formulating my own thoughts on the show in general. But Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that any of the character work with any of the characters really, Sean, it it is very... it's very, it's very George Lucas in, insofar as it is plot. It's plot, 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 plot. Let's not worry too much about actually making these characters characterful. You right, know, right. Um, we, we will infer character from what they do and the situations they find themselves in, which is very George Lucas. He doesn't really bother with. He didn't. He never really bothered with sort of nuanced character writing, and you know, D- Dave Filoni is George's boy. He kind of learned at, at the old man's knee, as it were. Right. Um, d- does that resonate with you? I mean, cause, I, mean I-, I enjoyed that there's a, there was a little bit of spark sometimes with folk like Ezra and Sabine, but still not much.
4: You, you know, the, the best moments for me, and, and when we talk about is the live-action portrayal of Ahsoka, meeting the expectations of how, how we pictured her before, I had no problems with a younger version portrayal of Ahsoka. In mm. fact... I fell for that one. Was that one was what resonated to me the most? Yeah, and, and that episode alone was by far my favorite. B- because yeah, yeah, and man, I mean, yeah. th- she's a kid, and casting someone at that age really, like I mentioned in one of my posts, it really drives home the fact that they asked a kid to go do all of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. There are two things about that sequence that stood out to me. One, thank goodness they got rid of the boob tube. <laughs> <laughs> because it, you know, it, was, yes. it wasn't right. It wasn't right in 2008. And it would have been so very wrong in live action. Um, but also, yeah, seeing a teenage girl being thrust into the middle of these battles and being told, go kill. Yeah, do. yeah. It, it, It's quite something to see it portrayed starkly in live action in that way. And, you know, for all of the successes of the Clone Wars, um, I'm not sure that hits home too often, actually.
4: And, and you know, I, I in many of my posts, it's, it's really becoming cliche where I say, at the end of this, she just wants to do what's right, whether it's with the Order or somebody, somewhere else. That's, yeah. that, that, that's that's it. It's plain and simple, you know. It's not a right versus left, red versus blue, whatever. It, yeah. It's what is it that's right at the moment? And yeah, uh, it, it's unfortunate that at that young age she was part of the pun forced to to pick a side and enforce that side.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here's here's a question I've got for you about, about yeah. Ahsoka, yeah. where she is now and where we see her in, in this series. Yeah. Is she a Jedi? Is she part of Luke Skywalker's
4: Jedi Order? Do we think? Ooh, um, I want to say that she's probably a consultant. That it, it's it's, it's <laughs> still like it. it's still Luke's Jedi Order. Yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm hoping he was learning from some of her experiences, but knowing yeah. where his order goes at the end of it, maybe he didn't choose to 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 listen or or. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, depending on how and when and if she ever gets back from that other galaxy right. far, far away, she, she may be well out of all of that.
4: Right. <laughs> to be honest. Right. right. Uh,
0: may, maybe even primed to make some sort of new Jedi Order type return with uh, a certain race Skywalker. Bit, yeah. Several several decades down the line. Who knows where it'll go. That's but, right. Um, yeah, I I find that curious. I, I find her relationship with Luke curious. And I want for me watching the first couple of episodes, those are the questions I wanted answered. She's talking about taking Sabine on as a Padawan. It's like, do you not need to ask Master Luke about that? Right. You, you know, or, or are you setting up a rival franchise over here? What was, you know, what's going on?
4: And, and that's the confusing part. Well, so do we know when Ahsoka trained Sabine? Was it, like, when was that compared to when she met Luke? I, it's, it's before yeah. all of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we don't even we we don't know yet when and how she got off Malachor. Right,
4: right.
0: At the at the end of Rebels, that's, right. that's right. That's um, right. You know, one would assume that an elegant story solution might involve Sabine being a part of that right. somehow. Right, and and therefore that being somewhat in some way the start of their Master right. Padawan journey. That's in, right. In 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 some way. That's
4: right. But we've
0: yet to we've yet to hear a, a single word about that. We have no clue.
4: And in, in we had eight episodes to try to reconcile so many different, yeah, and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I don't mind stories taking their time to play out. You know, I'm I'm you know I'm a I've been a Star Wars fan now for most of my forty five, forty six years on this planet. Yeah, I'm, I can be a pa- I can be a patient guy.
4: The right, 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 right.
0: <laughs> but. But I still want to know. I still, still want, want to you know. know. Like, That's right. My, my timeline spreadsheet wants answers about
4: things. You know, <laughs> I love that you you have that spreadsheet. One day you get you have to share that, and yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, the, the, I think there is a version online somewhere, but it's a few months out of date. I, I need to, yeah, I'm overdue an update, but I'll I'll, I'll hook you up with that when it's updated. <laughs> um, okay. Overall, though, I mean, how did you get on with the show? Then, you know, were there any highlights or low points?
4: It, the highlights again uh, is is that episode where we saw the teenage version, yeah, and that that scene where there's a, a trooper laying on his side, and, and she tried to comfort him, mm-hmm. but then the war had to keep going, so she had to get up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all of that was just really all heartbreaking. Yeah, and and yeah. I wish there were. There were more of not necessarily flashbacks, but just more of those moments where we got to know how she got here. Why is she the way she is? Yeah. And and my concern is, are we at the peak of her arc? Like, when is it? When is the arc going? Where are we in this in in this arc?
0: Yeah, we're just gonna have to be a bit patient. Patient. That's right. Who knows when and where and how we're going to catch up with, with this character again, but um, I, 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 for one, can't wait. Um, I'm sure you can't either.
4: You know, I'll never complain about more Ahsoka as long as the, the stories are great in whatever form yeah. or fashion. I, I will take it all day long.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, John. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for for joining us today, and we're going to have to get you on to a full episode of the show sooner rather than later, I think. Um, thank you. Well, thank you. We're we're long overdue hearing more from you. Um, why don't you tell folks uh, where they can find you and follow your Star Wars journey online?
4: Absolutely, Star Wars Peta One Hundred and One. Hopefully, people get the the pun there. Uh, both Instagram and threads those are the extent of my social media presence
0: they're lovely places to be especially for a star wars book fan
4: absolutely absolutely
0: fantastic all right and uh, that's all from from me and john we're going to pass back over now to, to the main crew So Ahsoka, I mean, general feeling there in that chat with John that, that maybe the characterization isn't ticking all the boxes for everyone. Um, how do you folks feel about the character of Ahsoka in this show, Chris?
3: I've wrestled with it at first, uh, mainly in The Mandalorian, just because it's such a, a such a sh- like a sharp sort of turn from what you know already. But you got to you got to think, you know. Ahsoka in the Clone Wars, even at the end of the Clone Wars, is is what seventeen, from the ages of thirteen to seventeen, um, and then in Rebels, she's what a few years older than that. She, she's not a teenager, and she's been through some shit by herself mostly, you know. So I get it. And to be honest, there was a lot of moments um, sprinkled throughout the show where something would happen, and you'd see her eyes light up, and and she'd speak differently. And it was almost like she was letting her guard down because she sounded like the Ahsoka we knew. She sounded like the, you know, the wonderful Ashley Eckstein at points. Um, So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a different one, but to be honest, I, I would be disappointed if she was the same character, even though this is, you know, 30 years on.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I that's interesting. I, I I can't say that I picked up necessarily on those moments. Yeah, it wasn't like, a, you know, exactly like,
3: Ashley times voice just popped in just out of nowhere. Uh-huh. It wasn't like that, but it was just I could see, I could see Ahsoka in her at times. Yeah. That the uh-huh. old
0: the old Ahsoka cool. we knew. Um Morgan, what about you? How did you get on with the characterization of Ahsoka here?
1: Um I like I like what you and uh John pointed out in your talk there. Um, where when we see the young Ahsoka, that is like that moment just sinks in so much um, and so intensely um, in terms of, wow, this, she was really a child, like a child, child. Um, and that yeah, maybe it wasn't so visible in the animated format um, and is more visible when you're seeing her as live action. Um, but when we're talking about Rosario, like, I think that when we saw her in other shows, Um, it didn't feel as comfortable, the role, on her. And I think in this show, that comfort level just appeared to go up.
0: Uh, Johnny-O, how did you get on with Ahsoka in this show, the character of Ahsoka? Uh,
2: Yeah, kind of like Chris, I struggled a little bit to begin with because I found her, like you said, kind of stiff, uh, kind of like stoic, like you said. But I think after... Um the episode where I think it's episode five is it where she has the flashback. No, episode six. I don't know. Um anyway, when she you know, she's been defeated by Balin, she's fallen into the sea. Um and she we have the flashback in World Between Worlds, wherever it is. And after that experience and she kinda learns that um, you know, Anakin's not Anakin's fault wasn't her fault. She comes out visibly yeah. lighter. Like a weight has been lifted off her shoulders, mm. and from then on, yeah. she's a lot more. You see a lot more of those moments where you can see the older Soka. Um, and when I when you think back about it, to as Christmas and in Rebels, most of what we see in Rebels is before she finds out that Darth Vader, Anakin is Darth Vader. So it's then yeah. after that point where like the weight will like settle on her shoulders, and she'll become. A bit more stoic, and yeah, you know,
0: like she's carrying yeah. the weight of the world. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely grappling with her suspicions through her appearances in season mm. two of Rebels. But, but it's clear from how things play out later on in that season that whatever she suspected, she certainly hoped otherwise.
2: Yeah, and obviously they meet, and she can't kind of. Hope anymore. <laughs> Guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. There definitely is a difference. There's a, there's a line there in the characterization between before that experience, and you know whether it's the world between worlds or not. um you know, I think they played that. Very well, insofar as making it accessible um, f- for broader audiences. I think pe- people people who don't have all that lore backstory could happily watch that and just assume that it was some sort of vision she had while she was, you know, unconscious under the water or something. Um, but that experience, she does come out the other side of that a different person and, and very much then, even in, in the costume, embodying that sort of Gandalf the White, you know, thing that, 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 that Filoni was obviously referencing in that little coda, coda to, the, to the Rebels finale, you know, um, which played out slightly differently. And actually, she doesn't get the sort of the Gandalf the White robes and look and, you know, until she kind of goes through that experience and comes out the other side you know and there's a new energy to her at at that point which i find really really interesting um so that's you know that that, that's ahsoka um what about the blue boy we probably (laughs) should move on to talk about on. I mean, before we get there, this is probably a good moment to hear another voice. Um, Morgan, you recently spoke to your friend, Jack. Um, So let's have a listen to that chat and then we'll get into everyone's favorite chiss.
1: Hey, it's not a force user. Uh, Morgan here talking to one of my friends from the real world. Um, Today I'm going to talk to Jack. Uh, Jack is not a Star Wars book community person, um, although he might be joining us in the near future.
5: We'll see. Um, Jack, do you want to say hi? Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Jack. I'm just super excited to be here. I've been a huge Star Wars fan my whole life. Huge big nerd um, about the whole book, or about the whole Star Wars community in general. I love the history. I love the way that it's intersected with our culture. And I just, I, I'm excited to be here and I would love to talk.
1: Awesome. Um. So we are talking about Ahsoka right now. So let's, let's just start with what were your general thoughts, Jack? What, what'd you like? What'd you dislike?
5: As far as Ahsoka's goes, I felt as if Star Wars returned to not its roots, but a return to what, what so many people want it to be, which is something that the directors are passionate about. You could tell that this was Dave Filoni's passion project. This is what he wanted to do. You saw that passion behind every shot. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed hearing the, the, the dialogue happening. And I enjoyed how the characters interacted with the world around them. I thought it was fascinating.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you and you were my, like, go-to person after every episode that I was like, Jack, what did you think about this one? Uh, (laughs) Did did we enjoy it? How how were we feeling about this? And I feel like one of the things that we talked about a lot, other than this clearly being something that everyone involved in the project was passionate about and cared about, was, like, just how cinematic everything
5: was, right? Those shots. Yeah, no, it, it felt so cinematic. It felt like... It felt like a movie because it, it didn't feel as much like a TV show. I think I told you that there was like two shots in the whole show that I was like that's TV and it was just two CGI shots that were just a little rusty and they took me only they only took me a little bit out of you know, the the environment that ahsoka had made but I, I you couldn't tell as much that it wasn't a TV show this felt more cinematic this felt more planned. This felt, it's felt like a, like a movie each, each week. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that we also like the one thing that this had as an advantage over a movie was the, the length of time that we got, and I mean, I know eight episodes isn't a lot, but it's a lot more than just a single movie we got to we got to spend more time with those characters, right um, so what characters in particular, and I know you you've watched rebels before, so you have a background with all of these characters so what what characters resonated with you in this, and do you feel like they matched up maybe with what we were seeing when we watched rebels
5: i I feel as if. Sabine, I will be real, in the first episode, wasn't the biggest fan uh, in Ahsoka about how she was being characterized. I thought that she was a little underwritten as far as just she's, you know, 20-something, kind of disillusioned with the world around her. I thought that was a little underwritten. And then as it just got more and more involved, I enjoyed the depth that we got in her character. I enjoyed the growth. And it reminded me of Rebels. Like I saw, I saw the pain uh, when she was faced with that fact one more time about Mandalore. You saw the pain in Ahsoka's face talking about Mandalore. And I just, I don't, I liked that. I thought Sabine was an excellent translation from Rebels to Ahsoka.
1: Yeah, no, it was a really good translation. I agree. Um, and I think that a lot of these characters. I know you and I were like both freaked out the first time we saw Ezra on screen, right? Like that moment of, he was so perfect, everything about that character. Um, Even when he's like, nah, I'm gonna not fight using my lightsaber, I'm just gonna, the force is my ally, I'll just use the force. And then almost immediately just gets clocked. Just feels so yep. in character for him, right?
5: And yeah, felt very, you know, don't get cocky kid. Um, But it's true because that's Ezra. That is that is Ezra through and through in all of his media interpretations. He's a little he's a little too cocky for his own good. I mean, he makes it out every time. He's 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 awesome. Let's face it. But I liked that characterization where he's like, "I can use the force for sure." Kind of gets knocked out right away. I'm not sure if that was you know a negative of the show, but I kind of liked it. I thought it was funny.
1: I thought it was perfect. Uh, nothing more in character than that, as far as I'm concerned. Um, So we haven't really talked about Ahsoka that much. Um, I don't know if you want to delve into your feelings about Ahsoka, the character, um, or if you just want to jump into the other big character that we have not addressed yet.
5: Uh, The blue elephant in the room.
1: Yes, the blue (laughs) elephant.
5: (laughs) But first with Ahsoka, one thing that I do kind of like, and I think this is a good gap, and I noticed it the other day, in Rise of Skywalker, as Rey is hearing the voices from beyond, she's hearing the voices of all the true Jedi in the Rise of Skywalker, you hear Ahsoka's voice, voiced by Ashley Eckstein. Mm-hmm. And at first people were like, well, she's not she's not a Jedi. She's not a Jedi. And that's gone over. That's been through and through with Rebels. Mm-hmm. And in this, you see her embracing the side of the Jedi that – that is that more middle ground, that is that we just want to do good, yeah. and the Jedi Order that she left is much different than the one that she is practicing in the series.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And you
5: see that bounce back, yeah, you see that bounce back with uh, Hugh Yang, and he says it mm-hmm. like m- multiple times like how unorthodox she is. And I-, I think that because she's so unorthodox from Hugh Yang's Jedi Order, especially the one that fell. uh, You see that growth from Rebels, where she's definitely not a Jedi, to uh, Rise of Skywalker, where her voice is heard amongst all the true Jedi. And I think that it's a good bounce back. And I I do think Rise of Skywalker needs a bit of redeeming. So I'm happy, you know, this gave it a little bit of redeeming.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think that we talked a lot about how much more this felt like Ahsoka, right? When we saw her in some of those other live action projects previously it was almost like rosario dawson wasn't comfortable in that costume and in that skin yet but you could see throughout this one that comfort level growing and her feeling more like she was in that character which i think is great um it it goes into the character's growth but also into the growth of the actor in that character
5: so that's pretty exciting Mm -hmm. to watch and yeah yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. She Rosario Dawson is an excellent actress. I have you know, I just think she's absolutely wonderful as an actress. And she 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 was really good in The Mandalorian and and in Boba Fett in her two appearances. But she felt a little too stoic. This wasn't the Ahsoka that we all knew. And then as soon as she got like comfortable, like she broke the ice finally, and then we see this more you know, unorthodox practicing, you know, kind of just going going with the wind the the will of the force more and i i I enjoyed seeing that in a in this ahsoka series
1: absolutely i think it's time i think it's time that we talk about the uh the blue elephant
5: the blue blue elephant in the room (laughs)
1: um so everybody before i said that uh that jack is not a book reader i know you said you've read comics right maybe not completionist style but you've read some
5: Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Afra. Um, I think some of the stuff uh, you I believe you guys were talking about it on another podcast episode about the comics that took place in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I love those. I'm more of a comic reader. That's that's what I grew up on more. And just now I'm starting to figure out like, oh, there's a lot of fun stuff in these uh, in these uh, textbooks. And are yeah. not textbooks. Books filled with text.
1: There are also textbooks if you're going to go really deep into the yeah, rabbit hole. I know. I've I, I read those ones too. Those are so fun. <laughs> so, that stated, did did you pick up your first uh, Star Wars book because of this show?
5: I've always been fascinated with Thrawn. I got first introduced to him in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really when I start. I mean, because I knew of the character, but I didn't really know too much interpretations of him besides a few of the old legends comics and Mm -hmm. this and rebels though was my first real introduction and i love the calm and calculated villain that's and that's what he is and i think in this show he is however in the comic book or not in the comic books in the Thrawn book he i said to you today he's a he's a rambo Yep. he's a one man army and I love when he gets to prove that he gets to prove why he's Grand Admiral he gets mm-hmm. to, because he's absolutely phenomenal at what he does he's so smart he's shifts are what like 1.5 times stronger than humans
1: something along those lines yeah
5: yeah and I think that I love when I get to see him absolutely just body some <laughs> Just Imperial soldiers in the Thrawn book that go investigating a little too far, or in the, in the Rebels TV show, there was one where he was facing down like six dark troopers, and I absolutely love that because what good is a, is a Grand Admiral if he can't actually do some stuff for himself?
1: Absolutely. In case anybody missed the connection there, Jack's first book, uh, first Star Wars book is Thrawn. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I gave him an option uh, up front because he was like, I want to know, I want to read more about Thrawn. So I gave him the choice between Thrawn, the first book in the Imperial series, and then Thrawn, the first book in the um, Ascendancy, the beginning of that and he went for the Imperial Thrones, getting us a little bit closer to where we are in uh, Rebels and Ahsoka. So, um and you, you're not quite through it. You you're making some progress, right?
5: Yeah, making some progress. So don't spoil too much.
1: No, I, I, I know <laughs> uh,
5: yeah, I know basically what happens, but I I think in this show, in Ahsoka, you see more of the Hannibal Lecter side of Thrawn, where he's cold, calculated. Um he plays like chess with lives, which is not an admirable quality, but in a character such as Thrawn, it's something that is fascinating to watch and fascinating to watch other characters react to. The level of like respect that you see even from Morgan Elsbeth or in, in the comic books or in some of the other media like uh, Moth Tarkin, like you hear other characters talk about Grand Theft Thrawn as someone of respect because they know he can play with people's lives like chess pieces.
1: Yeah. He's very good at disconnecting. But at the same point in time, we also see his care for the people he's in charge of, right? He doesn't want to risk people's lives if he doesn't have to. Um, Those people that he sees as valuable, he likes to cultivate. So it's it's very interesting. He's a very interesting character. And I don't know, maybe we'll see more of that in future Seasons and episodes and stuff like that, but uh I'm glad yeah, that you I, decided to make that jump. Yeah, to
5: the books. Yeah, and I think that um when I, in if I'm going on the, off of the chess analogy, which is very like you know just very forward in the show, he plays chess, but he doesn't want to risk any of his pawns.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: He, he he might have to in order to protect the queen, but he does not want to risk too much. And I think that that's just. I I liked seeing that in all interpretations of Thrawn media.
1: Absolutely. Well, are there any uh, final thoughts that you have on the Ahsoka show or you're now delving into the Thrawn book that you want to share before we wrap this up?
5: I think that, I think that Thrawn even needed to be just a tiny bit smarter in the Ahsoka show, just judging off of the book. Maybe just a, a little pretty, bit. Pretty common complaint, I think. You just had to be a little bit smarter in the show, just to be comparable to the book. Um, and I wish I almost got to see a little bit more of Rambo, Thorn, or yeah. Rambo Thrawn. Rambo Thron, because he's... To be fair, he's he can, pretty, he pretty old, old at this are Yeah, you're, actually, you're right. He's kind of old, but... Um, I hope we get to see Thrawn almost get let loose. I wanna see Thrawn in the next uh season just go go bananas almost. Um in, in in his own special Thrawn way, which is you know very cold and calculated and uh targeted, but um I wanna see I wanna see him go bananas. Excellent. Um I usually this
1: is the point in time when we ask people how we can get a hold of them um, or how we can hear more of their thoughts. Uh, But you're not really on the, uh, the star Wars book community yet. So if you were going to pick yourself, I I feel like you need to start. You gotta, you gotta lean into it. But if you were going to pick yourself a uh, star Wars book community, Instagram name, what would you call yourself? Blue Bantha in the room. The blue Bantha in the room. I love it. Blue Bantha In the room. I love it. All right, well, thank you very much, Jack, for uh, chatting with me today. Of course. It was literally such a pleasure. Hopefully we'll hear from you again. So
0: Thrawn, then, uh, seems to have worked well for Jack. Any reservations about the portrayal of Thrawn here?
1: I have a lot of reservations. Uh, okay, okay. I was I was kind of being very generous in my interview with Jack, because I kind of want to give him uh-huh. his own space to uh, discover that character more on his own. Um, yeah, so I know like everybody has, or at least there are people who have their book boyfriends, book husbands, whatever. Thrawn is not my book boyfriend. Thrawn is who I wish I was. Um, he gives me absolute gender envy all of the time, especially that uh, the French slash out of print cover of, what is it? Is it mm. the, uh, the Lesser Evil one? It's one
0: of the
3: Ascendants.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's one of the Ascendants. I mean,
3: Lesser Evil's the one has got the emo. Oh page. yeah,
1: that's the one. <laughs> Um, But anyways, that that is my like, that is my throne. And like Jack said, I I wish she was smarter in the show. I don't know, maybe there's a reason or a justification for why this characterization is different. But it doesn't quite work enough for me um that said I was still excited to see Thrawn and have Thrawn kind of thrown out there to a wider audience so that more people will be like oh who is this wrong guy and maybe more people will be like Jack and decide that they're going to jump into the books and they'll be like oh this character was so neutered for the show like I hope that they're Uh (laughs) they're better next time they come back but yeah it was rough it was rough for me (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I, I I'm in the same boat. I think Morgan, um, you know, I, I knew that we were, we were going to get this kind of throne. You know, it's it's Filoni's Thrawn. throne. It's, you know, I I find the version that we of Thrawn that we saw in Rebels to be kind of the most bland, boring version of throne in all the versions of Thrawn that, that we've got, and and they brought that to screen very very well here. You know, <laughs> it's just not particularly interesting for me. Um, Johnny O, what did you think?
2: Um- I mean, I liked him. I haven't read, like, the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy. I've, I'm currently reading Thrawn Treason. Good book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm still... Okay. It is a good book, um, but I'm still on the <laughs> train of thought of... I, I still don't see him as an anti-hero. I still don't see him as a... Yeah, he's trying to... In that, he's trying to do stuff for to help the Chiss... But who you choose as your allies matters. Mm. And if you're partnering with space Nazis, then I'm sorry. <laughs> you're a bad guy. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah. like, yeah. obviously this is a, for, for a lot of people, this is like an introduction to the character. And so there wasn't a lot of space maybe mm-hmm. to show, like, his intelligence and his, the way he analyzes things. And hopefully, I hope, yeah. that we'll get to see a bit more of that as, yeah. like, the Mandoverse verse. Progresses, um, yeah, yeah <laughs> he's, I mean, he's got one and, very, and clear there's not very and much simple, space um, objective, and that's just to get back to the main galaxy that we know.
0: Yeah, uh, so certainly on the surface of this sh- of this show, that seems to be what his motivation was. Mm. And there hasn't been that much time in the show to re- to explore whether there's anything else going on in terms of his motivation. You know, there there could still be room to develop mm. that in in a way that is. Consist, consistent with the book Thrawn that, well, he, he's out there and he wants to get back, Cause he, either because he still thinks the Empire is his best yeah. bet of, you know, of there, there being a, a, a strong bulwark to help the Chiss Asensi, or indeed that he's encountered something else in this other galaxy and it's imperative, therefore, he gets back to warn the Chiss, or, or indeed to just get away from what's going on out there and so that this, so that the galaxy he wants to get back to is better prepared for what might be coming from outside the galaxy whether that's something that's diving into the new Jedi or you taking inspiration from the new Jedi order books or, or, or whatever you know um who knows but there's there's certainly still room I think as it progresses to explore and, and for his motivations to kind of line up with, with the Thrawn that, that we know from the books I hope anyway.
3: What about what about okay, you? Okay, so it's gonna sound like I'm gonna be really negative on the show after like what we said about Ahsoka and then now Thrawn. Um, but I don't Okay, there's there's three versions of Thrawn for me. I'll raise your version to give you three versions. There's Canon Book Thrawn, there's mm-hmm. Rebels Thrawn and there's Legends Thrawn. Now I think Rebels Thrawn and Legends Thrawn mm-hmm. are yep. pretty much the same. So it's clear that Faloni had read and loved Heir to the Empire and he'd based his Fraun off that. But to me, that is the least interesting version of Fraun Because I, I know that's the one that lived in people's consciousness and lived in Legends fans' minds for, what, 20, 25 years? 25 years yeah. before we got another Fraun yeah. book from Timothy Zahn. Not counting the duology, obviously. Um, yeah, But that version of Fraun if you go back and look at it now... There's a lot of talent, but no showing. Like they say, he's really clever. They say oh, he's yeah. really clever. They say that you, yeah. know, you don't see it. He doesn't do anything that's particularly clever. I mean, there's the one sort of fake out movie has with those drill ships in the in the, Air to the Empire trilogy. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And I feel like this version of Thrawn is consistent with that. So if you're if you're a Legends fan or yes. you're a fan of Rebels, Lars Mikkelsen. That's the right. I got the right brother, didn't I? Yeah. Lars Mikkelsen, yeah. M- Lars Mikkelsen did a wonderful job. That version of Thrawn in live action couldn't get any better. Yes. Yeah. That's just not my Thrawn. Agreed. That's just not yeah. my Thrawn. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the, canon, the canon Thrawn from the, from the six canon books, I, well, I'm not going to get into that debate with you, Johnny, because I feel like there's a lot more to it than what you said about uh, that. And I do agree with you. If you party with Nazis, then, you know, you're a Nazi by default. But... <laughs> 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 you, can, you, you can't deny that there's a lot more layers to that throne than there is the other one. You know? So that's... In, in the books. In the book, yeah, in, yeah, in, in the, the six. Books. So the mm-hmm. appeal trilogies, they call them the Ascended right, Trilogy, The canon so, books. Um, yeah. But yeah. Johnny, you, Johnny, you will change your mind, by the way. When you get to the Ascended Trilogy, you will think he's a hero.
1: Okay. <laughs> the nuance just feels like it's missing.
3: He, he is the Luke
0: Skywalker on that trilogy. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely, 100.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love those books so much.
1: And I, I did it totally wrong because I read the Ascendancy books first, um and then I read the Empire at the So like, that was my Throne from the beginning. So I think that I had an entirely different experience even reading the Imperial trilogy than what you were definitely yeah, going to so have, O. So
3: for you, he was Rey. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? like the new Ray, beacon right. of hope and light. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean it, it, I did enjoy some bits pieces of the characterization here and and, and it grew on me over the sort of the, the handful of episodes he was in you know y- you do see him being thoughtful and sparing about you know the the, the lives of his soldiers and, and you know but that, that is sort of slightly undercut by the sense that maybe he's just worried about the resources rather than because, he, you know, he's running a very slim down ship um, rather than being worried about their lives, you know. But it is there. There are things that if you want to look for them, you can find that align with, to, Yeah,
3: to be honest, if, if I can jump mm. in on that one, I remember the, when I, the first episode with Thrawn. When, obviously, there's that question of Sabine. Is it what we're going to do with Sabine now? We're here. Um, and then Thrawn is like, oh, just here's a, a rat wolf <laughs> go off on your married mm. business. And they're like, what the hell? And he's like, there's no tactical advantage. There's no reason why I shouldn't yeah. let her go. I was like, boom, that's wrong." Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. perfect. And then five minutes later, kill her.
0: I'm like, that's not wrong." I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: The one thing that goes against that, though, is that he, he's so well known for trying to take people that are valuable to him and cultivate them. Um, and make them the best version of themselves, right? And I feel like yeah. Morgan Elspeth is supposed to be one of those characters, my namesake. And then he's like, mm, "I'm just going to need you to like sacrifice yourself." I yeah, I want with you,
3: never do that. Exactly, never. never.
1: never. Just, just sacrificing. Life. Life. No, I mean sacrifice more zombies. Yeah. Yes, but I mean not.
0: A I can see Throne doing that in the direst of circumstances where there's no other way. And I guess that that, that is where he's finds himself there if i am going to get back for as he sees it the greater good uh, you know projecting onto him slightly you know our, our book version of thrawn then it does make sense that he might put someone that he trusts and respects in that position he wouldn't do it lightly but the weight of that isn't there on the screen in that moment for me you know yeah um which is a shame um OK, so yeah, I think fair, fair to say some, some mixed feelings about, about Thrawn, but, you know, not not all, not all bad, not all bad. Um, I, want, I want to think about the Clone Wars for a minute, because as John and I were talking about in that chat earlier, you know, we first met Ahsoka in the Clone Wars animated movie and show. And, you know, there are a number of callbacks to the Clone Wars animated series in this show. Night sisters teasing a Mortis connection, the sequences with Anakin and young Ahsoka, you know, all some of my favourite elements in the show, actually. How did you enjoy that stuff, Chris?
4: Yeah,
3: to be honest, it was really good. I really loved that. And I feel like that is probably my biggest disagreement with some of the criticisms that people have. So I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, it's just fan service, it's just fan service, and oh, it's just fan service to a cartoon no one cares about for kids. You're you're looking at this completely... They're looking at this completely Mm. the wrong way. They're, they're looking at this as a, as a brand new Star Wars show that is there's its own thing that is then like ref- doing the old cheapy cheapo sort of uh, fan service references. It's not. This is the sequel to those yeah. shows. This is the next part. This is the third in that trilogy. Yeah. And if it didn't build off those two things, then that would be a fan disservice, if you yeah. will. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but it would, though, wouldn't yeah. it? it's a, it's a matter of perspective if you haven't watched those shows then they're not going to mean anything to you and you're like "bah fan service" but it's not like you can look at you can look at um so the moments with the clone wars with Anakin and the clone wars and you can look at that and you can go "fan service" just like you can look at Book of Boba Fett and see Black Croissantun or whatever and be like "fan service" because that absolutely is fan service. Yep. Yeah. Of course it is. It's good fan service but it's fan service. This isn't. Mm-mm. Like, we've had seven seasons of Ahsoka building that relationship with Anakin. And then we had that moment that was, we had a brief glimpse of the reconciliation when she found out in Rebels. We needed that next step for the character. We needed that next step in their relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, this has been building for 15 years. That isn't fan service. That's just good storytelling. Um, And I will fight to death, which (laughs) is strange because it's usually the way around. Do you know what I mean? I'm usually like, fuck Filoni. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm not the biggest Mando fan. Yeah. And, like, he's 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 the, the biggest the biggest uh, canon abuser out of anyone yes, ever. Um, yeah. But you can't say that for his own stories, for his own characters, he does a great yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. So, and I, I've, I've got to say, I, that was that. And then the Star Wars magic, which was helped by the Amazing School, mm.
0: Are the best things yeah. about the show. Yes, yeah. agreed. Johnny, what about you? The Clone Wars callbacks here. Um, did you? Did it font fa- fa- nostalgia for you, or or what?
2: Um, to an extent, I might. I didn't watch the Clone Wars when they came out. I didn't. Don't think I watched them okay. until sh- uh, shortly after the, like the Disney acquisition. Um, I think I bought the box set okay. on DVD, and I think Rebels had been announced at that point. So I, you know, watched yeah. through Clone Wars before Rebels came out. Um, um, so I, I enjoyed all those callbacks, and like Chris said, it's for they, they weren't just there for the sake of it for for fans. It was to progress Ahsoka's character and to, to show what she's been through, especially for the people that I haven't seen those shows. Um, you know if you haven't seen yeah. clone wars then you wouldn't have known at that point um and, and Rebels that she was anakin's apprentice and that uh, then you know obviously kind of indicates that they had a parting of ways kind of thing you you won't know the reasons why but yeah it gives you enough to go on you know i think so i think it was important that they included
0: i i think so but i the idea of doing an ahsoka show and and not paying some sort of respect to where her journey started you know kind of m- would make no sense to me um you know I, I, but I was pleasantly surprised by some of the things that did make their way through I certainly wasn't expecting night sisters in this show um and I love Night sisters and I'm always happy to see Night sister survivors uh, and the idea of more of them coming back to the galaxy to the main galaxy is enormously mm-hmm. exciting and, uh, as far as I'm concerned um, I, I do I do understand what some of the more casual fans m- might have made of mm-hmm. some of those connections and things like Night sister magic you know that, that that your average mando fan or, or someone who hasn't watched the Clone Wars or rebels just We'll have no frame of reference for whatsoever.
3: Um No, I've, I've got, I've got to, you know, give, clap my hands to to that because that was one of the absolute best things about this show was just how unapologetic and fearless yeah. it was. Like it was, you had you had space whales, yep. you know, you had little orange little Edwardian <laughs> turtle guys. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, ha- you know what I mean. You had, and then you had like zombie stormtroopers yeah. and witches. My sister's magicing like, sword. That is, that is exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because you'd think like, I mean, I always assumed if they ever did something like this, it would be more like the Mandalorian, where it's like casual references, but they play it yeah. down to appeal to a larger yeah. audience, an adult audience. This doesn't do that at all. No. This is like, this is exactly the same as those shows, but even bigger, in some some respects. And I've I've got a hat's off, you know what I mean? It, it was yeah, great. I think
0: this one for the fences was some of those reference points, which which I was really impressed with. Morgan, what about you and the Clone Wars connections? Did, did you enjoy that stuff?
1: Oh, I, I adored it. I mean, you can't have this story about Ahsoka without those connections, without those threads that tie through. Um, specifically for me, the thing that I am excited about um, are all those tie ins to the Mortis gods oh, yeah. um, and the the ones, if you yeah. will. Um, which I'm really hoping that's the direction. I'm hoping it's not a misleading thing Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like there are a few things that happened here and there throughout the series that were intentionally trying to mislead you and make you think that certain things were going to happen when they weren't. Um, But I do hope that that's the direction that we continue in um, just because it's, I really love that really deep star Wars lore, the stuff that's, where is all of this coming from what is the nature of the force um i like those like deep fantasy elements because this isn't this isn't science fiction um anybody who thinks that star wars is science fiction doesn't understand the genre of science fiction this is science fantasy this is space opera um and that's for me, is the most exciting part. I mean, like, obviously, we I loved seeing young Ahsoka, I said that earlier, um, all of those Clone Wars references and how those things tie into the development of the character are great, but for me... Mortis gods, online. yeah.
0: That that is intriguing. Um, yeah. I, I was I was very you know I'd see sort of this, the chat and speculation in between the episodes, and you know I'd, I'd sort of see people commenting on things and thinking, yeah, it'll be the Mortis gods, is this power that Balin is after, and I kind of thought, gosh, that's a deep cut, you know, for you know that that's a big reference to be dropping, you know, in, in a show that's. Intended to grab a mass audience, um, but there it was, you know, confirmed in you know, pretty much confirmed in you know, at, at the end of that finale, um, you know, we saw the statues yeah. of uh, the son and, and the father and the remains of the, of the daughter's statue and Balin looking across the the landscape to sort of the, 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 the very similar to a shot from the Clone Wars where Anakin's looking across to. The monastery or whatever sort of the shining point on the mountain ahead um fascinating to think about wh- where that could go um I, I, yeah i'm really intrigued
3: i was gonna say on the mortis thing I'm, I'm with you like when people were theorizing about that i was like well this is just the biggest sort of tin fall hat tin fall hat sort of yeah. conspiracy things like, when these you see all these people go into it i'll like, oh, so, yes, the Moist gods and, and they get really deep into it and the worlds and worlds and I'm like they're not going to do that in a TV yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. So I was like they're not going to do that and then and then there we go and here's me going yeah
0: but Morocco Ezra is though <laughs> completely yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it appears that i'm just wrong yeah, they're, 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 they're yeah. the folk who will see your mortis gods and raise you an abaloth and i don't know if you guys know who or what abaloth is from the yeah where's that come so, from? so in in the legends continuity and some of these much much later books way towards the end of the, of the legends timeline which were coming out around about the time that mortis etc had been on clone wars which is obviously all at that time part of the same sort of continuity um there was this character injected into things called
1: Abeloth, who's sort of possibly the mother from from that. She is the mother. Yeah, she um, is the mother. She was a human servant of the ones mm-hmm. who, like, basically Eve original sinned um, and turned herself into a giant force monster that consumes yeah. everything. Right?
3: Yeah. Um, so, but where where has those theories come from all of a sudden? Because over the last week, I've
0: seen loads well of i've been seeing it the whole time i mean it, one it's you know legends stands who don't want to let it go and uh, other otherwise i guess well you know people will say well didn't the father and daughter and everybody die at the end of *Mordor*?" mortar so I, I, you know so maybe it's going to be something else or indeed just a mis- a misdirect or a another way for Fulony to bring some moral legends in the back door who knows um but you know I, you know, I'm I'm here for whatever they decide to do. Um, fascinating yeah. stuff. But I mean, the Clone Wars is only one animated show that that obviously has deep connections here. Rebels, obviously, um, being the other one. You know, this show seems to have been as much as anything else seen as a direct follow-up to the animated show Star Wars Rebels, as much as it's seen as a show about Ahsoka. Uh, and of course, one of the usual suspects here at Star Wars Book Community Podcast is an enormous Rebels fan uh, I'm talking of course about Dan Macquarie, aka Vader's Castle Library now Dan couldn't be with us this evening but did manage to bag a chat with fellow comics roundup regular John Lee and their friend who Dan tells me I should introduce as Rebels enthusiast and Birds Aren't Real conspiracy theorist Joey D um, so let's give their chat a listen and then we'll dive into those Rebels connections
7: Yeah, I'll go back to the pub in 20 minutes. You come back to the pub? <laughs> have to, Jay. I have, <laughs> I have to, to go to the pub in 20 minutes.
8: Hello, and uh, this this segment is hosted uh, by myself, Dan, of, of Vader's Castle Library. Uh, I'm not part of the main show, but I'm doing this little segment here with two of... Uh, my good friends, the first of them being uh, Mr. John, who is the, the Vader's Castle Library co-pilot. How are you doing, John?
7: Oh, yeah. Not bad, not bad.
8: How are you? Oh, happy to be here. And uh, we have a, a podcast first appearance here from uh, a rogue secret agent that we call Joey D. How are you doing, Joe? Uh, in a word, fugue.
9: <laughs> I'm in Brilliant. a fugue state. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Brilliant. Uh, Just just as we need you to be. Um, So yeah, we're going to be talking about Ahsoka very briefly before handing back to the main hosts of the show uh, just the entire season, what we thought about it and uh, whether it gets our our tick of approval. So Joe, as you're the the newbie here, I'll ask you first. What did you think of Ahsoka?
9: Um, I'd say it's a solid 8 out of 10 if you want a totally pointless numerical value put onto it. Um, I <laughs> obviously, as a big fan of Rebels and Clone Wars, I feel like I have an affinity to the characters and didn't have to buy into anything. I was kind of sold from the get go, which it feels like the show's aimed at someone like myself rather than like the casual viewer to a degree. But generally, I loved it. But I have got that bias of, like I said, being yeah. a huge Rebels fanboy. So it's just obviously I was going to enjoy it. Yeah.
8: Yeah, what about you, John?
7: Yeah, same sort of uh, rhetoric. I mean, as, as I completely agree with Joe. It is, it, I feel like it's definitely marketed <laughs> aimed towards people who know what's going on. I yeah. mean, trying to look at it from a point of view where it's like a blank watcher who's only seen the trilogies going in, I feel like there is a little bit of a... Ahsoka does go on a bit of a journey in it. You get that a little bit. Few of the characters go on a slight arc, but yeah, I think it's mostly for the... For the people who know what they know what they're looking at, and I think some of the characters in the show maybe get underutilized a bit for a new fan. Yeah. While like we we know the backstories of what's happened, so like if they're just here for like support, we're like, oh, that's fine. Like we've seen him before. But for a new person, it might be like, well, she was born this, well, he was born, well, they were born. Yeah.
8: Talking about Balam by any chance?
7: <laughs> no, let's talk about Herod,
8: But uh, oh, but yeah, that had to. Come on, Joe. You look like you're itching to say something there. I mean, I know what you mean, John. Like, especially with
9: hair and stuff like, we can appreciate what she does and her frustrations within like a wider government and the restraints and restrictions that have come with it. Which is obviously a stark contrast to rebels, but you can just kind of go off piece and do what you want. And she doesn't feel like she has an arc in any way. Like her characterization, I mean, it doesn't feel pointless. Don't get me wrong; she does like have some key moments, but like underutilized is probably a good way of putting it. And uh, especially for an actor, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's great and she's doing this really good stuff. It does feel like they kind of missed something. Don't get me wrong, her characterization of affair is pretty bang on, but I feel yeah. like they could have done more with it. And the, the whole thing feels like it should have been a few episodes longer just to flesh out some of these characters so people could have yeah. that report built. Cause otherwise you just be like, Who she was that important, and then you have to troll through Wikipedia to try and work out what's (laughs) actually going on.
8: Yeah, I think that's probably. I I love the show, um, but I knew I would because it's got like Thrawn and Ezra in it, who are like two of my favourite characters. So I knew I was going to like it. Um, But I think that's probably my main criticism: is it does feel like it's trying to be three shows at once. Like it's trying to be the sort of Ahsoka the white or Ahsoka the grey. sort of post-Return of the Jedi show. It's trying to be like the Rebels sequel and it's trying to be like a prelude to like Thrawn's heir to the Empire film all in one. Um, and each of those respected chunks are all done really, really well. But there's elements that don't pay off fully because of that. So like the Rebels bet like Sabine and Ezra end up getting served really well and Ezra gets to a good point by the end of the series. But then Hera you feel like the last couple episodes, she sort of vanishes and gets a bit underutilized. Um, like Ahsoka's show, I think she got a really good arc the whole way through and a really good journey with like ghost Anakin and stuff like that. But then Balin, who seemed like her ultimate um, antagonist, he sort of vanished in the finale and it didn't really get the resolution he needed. Um, and then Thrawn was like a really effective introduction Um but I think maybe there's more that they kind of wanted to do with Thrawn that maybe they couldn't because they didn't have the time or the space. Um, so whilst I did love it, I, I can see that criticism.
9: Well, yeah. I just don't understand why they've given... I mean, Andor had its 12 episodes, right? And it was perfect. Yeah. It, was, you know, it was a full story. But I don't see why they couldn't have stretched this a little bit further and just really tried to just, yeah. just have more of a satisfying episode. I think about the finales, I really enjoyed it. But it left me wanting a bit more... And I didn't really. I mean, I, I, I think it's like one of the highest-rated uh, episodes of the series, the, the finale. But yeah. I just don't really yeah. see that. It's
7: probably the weakest for me out of all of them. Yeah, I, I kind of get, I get that. I just feel yeah. like the whole series is like. For any comic listeners out there, you know, you occasionally get like issue zero of like a new arc where it's like explain stuff so that you can go into issue one and just be like just bang off straight away into action. Yeah, and stuff I feel like this is the same thing like it's clearly setting up for season 2 or the film I mean to the point where it's it, is it even like season 1 is it even like its own standalone story because I mean we said that like Ahsoka gets her, her arc and um Sabine gets a good one Ezra but then it's like the whole thing from episode 1 to 8 was like oh my god if someone gets back it's the end of the world War's gonna happen blah 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 it goes back to the Prime Galaxy and then kind of just no one mentions it. And they're just like, everyone's obviously happy to reunite with their friends. Ezra gets to see Hera again. But then it's like, no one's mentioned the fact that this whole doom and gloom they've been panicking about for eight <laughs> episodes has happened. And they're just like, oh, all right. <laughs> He's it, gotten, does, it, does, it feels a bit odd that they
9: don't even extend that final episode by five, 10 minutes just to show some ramifications of what's happened like yeah. I, don't know, I, I do understand that you want to leave it on a cliffhanger but you can still leave it on a cliffhanger I mean for God's sake a, a Sabine and a Sofa are trapped in a completely different galaxy that's not going to change in like those five minutes but it just felt it felt like the limb was just severed off instead of something that was wrapped up nicely and tied with a bow and then thought okay I can see like we can open this in two years time when the next series comes out and then we'll go from there it just felt like this has happened goodbye see you later off the bob
8: yeah yeah um but yeah, no, I think um, that being my sort of only criticism of the show is just sort of the way it was sort of trying to do too much. But I, I genuinely did like, really love it. But I think, Joe, as you said, if you like Clone Wars and you like Rebels, particularly Rebels, it's kind of just built in that you're going to love this. Um, I mean, I know myself and Joe were huge Rebels fans and John, you like Rebels as well. Um, but like Ezra for me was like one of the standouts of the show and he was only in what, like two episodes. Um,
7: did, did did we enjoy Ezra? Did we like the new, the cast? Yeah, I did. I feel like, I, I think I said in the other episodes of the pod where I said I find it hard to get from like animation to live action characters like straight away. Like I can't yeah. just like see someone screen and be like, that's the character I've watched in like Clone Wars but like Ahsoka or like um, the other characters for Rebels but I think he was like one of the ones where it actually transitioned the easiest for me yeah um, probably maybe because obviously there's a big time jump so you, you have to take that into account between um, the last time you saw him and, and now but um, yeah I think he, he was spot on casting actually he was really good him I think him and Sabine are my my two highlights for the casting as as their new characters for this for this series I thought yeah. Sabine was was class as well
8: yeah, she's pretty spot Joe.
9: I would I would agree with that. I mean, I like I thought Ezra was fantastic. He's probably the uh, standout performance of the whole show aside from uh, Ray Stevenson. I thought yeah. he, was, he was great. But I think the thing that I find most impressive is that they've plucked a complete unknown out of such obscurity, and he's and they've absolutely nailed it. The casting was as yeah. good as you could be, and especially hot, like, yeah. especially when you've got. Who's the, who the guy that was essentially twerking for the role for about six years? Was it, oh,
8: what's his name? Oh no, Rahul Kohler, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. he was I think he <laughs> knew I think he knew he wasn't getting it though. I know, but he was, he was yeah.
9: essentially twerking for the role on Twitter for six years. I uh, yeah, think yeah, and in in an age where criticism of fan service is probably justified in a lot of cases, they could have easily just got, okay, easy tick box done, we'll go with him. But they've actually obviously looked into it and gone for this guy and he's you don't often find a character like Johnson. it does it scans really well in terms of the the animation to the live action like it's so seamless Uh, even the mannerisms he gets an absolutely spot on it's that kind of he's still got that boyish charm which obviously you know the the seven years have passed or whatever it is you have to give an allowance for him being the same because he's been trapped with a bunch of turtles for that entire time so he's not going to like grow up and mature It has the kind of essence of a child that's had to grow up on his own. So he still has the kind of, I wouldn't say immaturity, but it has the kind of stuff that you've fallen in love with the character for, but with a kind of hardened sense of struggles for X amount of years, trying to, you know, be separated from everyone that you know, apart from your... Probably your biggest nemesis. So yeah. I think it's
8: it's, it's pretty bad. Um, I think Ezra for me was was perfect casting as well. I, I agree with what both of you said. i like the guy, perfect, a man. It's fun. Uh, it's, fun it's fun. Yeah. yeah. But he's not even got a Wikipedia page or anything. He's I like know, totally he's obscure, worked out of nowhere, and he, he literally like is Ezra perfectly. Like he's got like that charm that like um. Like there, there were people. Like online criticizing how jokey he was, I was like, "Yeah, it's Ezra. Like that's Ezra's thing." If she, he cracks If she's jokes. Tribbles, you watch
9: Rebels, you know what it's you completely know what it is. If you watch yeah. Rebels, like he is a joker. It's the the playfulness in which he yeah. does everything that gives him that charm, as you said. So, and yeah, I thought his whole him.
8: his whole performance, I felt, was very like emotional and like him, you know. Genuinely. I think there was an element of Ahsoka that I was worried about that we were going to find Ezra and he was going to be, you know, a bad guy or he's like, oh, I don't want to go home or anything like this. But the fact he was chilling with turtles and then they were like, do you want to go home? And he was like, hell yeah, let's go home. Like, that's the screw most... Screw the bad. turtles. Yeah, screw the turtles. I'm going home. Like, that was that was really Ezra to me, to be honest. Not screw the turtles that much because he clearly did care about the turtles. But um, the fact he was just like living with turtles was like very ezra um, I would love to kind of know how it came about that him and Thrawn were just chilling on the same planet and <laughs> they didn't really butt heads that much over the course of 10 years. But um, I'm sure that will get filled in at some point in like a book or a, or a comic or something like that. Um, but yeah, I was very happy with Ezra. That's the thing that I was most nervous about in the show was how Ezra was going to be done and I'm very happy with it and I'm excited that he is back in the the known galaxy with Hera and that little emotional reunion. Like Chopper recognizing him under the stormtrooper outfit at the end was, was pretty spot on. I thought you know what um
7: you know what was you just reminded me that you? you know what was cracking me up about scenes like that with Ezra coming back and Chopper like appearing and re- and recognizing him. It's like if that was me. Like I wouldn't even have walked down that barrier with the fucking helmet on because you know you just like you're just at risk of getting shot at, aren't you? Like you like, just take it, just take it off and just walk down. As like so, as soon as your face is appearing, they're like, oh Ezra, oh why would you even take the risk? <laughs>
8: I feel like, it's I feel like just being dramatic, just being that guy. Yeah, I feel, like Chopper, I feel like Chopper should have just gone and absolutely like beaten the hell out of him with his little like spanner arms. I think that would have been like more Chopper if he just started whacking him in the shins.
9: <laughs> yeah. You know, Ryan Johnson loves subversion so much he probably would
8: have shot Ezra. So, <laughs> it, it's uh, to our uh, podcast listeners. Uh, Joe's a toxic uh, Last Jedi hater, so uh, Not a you know, lot. you'll never hear from him again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a toxic
9: phantom menace lover.
8: <laughs> um, I guess the, the last thing that we could just talk about before we hand back to the the real hosts of the show is uh, how was how was Thrawn for you two? Were you were you feeling
7: thrawny afterwards? I don't know. I feel like it took me. I mean, one, it was sick. Um, Lance Nicholson, last Nicholson. Nicholson, yeah. But yeah. um, because his voice is like. Iconic and strong, like that. That's class. It did take me a little bit to be like, to, to sink in that this man's just standing there painted blue and just looks like an absolute goat for a bit. But it, it does fit. I mean, he looked good after a while, but you know, he, he must, you must have to one day just come out of his dressing room and just been like, what on earth is going on here? But a serious man like himself come out blue like a smurf. <laughs> um <laughs> but no
9: I thought form was great like John said if it was anyone other than Lars Mickelson, I don't think it works Yeah, I think you really struggle with buying from one the fans that have become attached to the animated characterisation of him but also an actor that is as well known as Lars Mikkelsen it kind of helps for the casual fan yeah. because it has that gravitas around him and thus the role and I think it needed that to give it some sort of not an air of seriousness, but it does just it makes it feel a bit more I hate this face grown up, if you know what I mean.
8: Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. I I, I was when when it was revealed that Lars Mickelson was staying in the casting, that was a big relief for me because his voice and his whole performance in Rebels is so iconic. Um and I think yeah, it did take me a little bit a little bit of a while to get used to the blue guy and the dad bod and sort of <laughs> that sort of thing. But I think by the end of it, I, I was bought into it and there were some really like good Thrawn moments of sort of him um, sort of trying to be one step ahead of Ahsoka and sort of his usual chess maneuvers and that sort of thing. But I think the thing that particularly made me happy as a a, a book reader is the fact that he, um he acknowledged the fact to Ahsoka that he's met Anakin before and his whole reaction to, finding out that Anakin was Ahsoka's master was like, damn, I need to take this Jedi a little bit more seriously because uh, Master was a legend, you know. So I like that. Proper geezer. Proper geezer, yeah.
9: I mean, can we take a minute to talk about the real standout of the whole show? And there's David Tennant's characterisation of Hu-Yang. Oh. Absolutely. So spot on. I mean, so again, it's the uh, taking him from... Being in Clover Wars and getting him to come back and do this was great. I mean, yeah, they me, it's just he's the man, he was so good.
8: To be honest, Joe, when, when you were saying you wanted to mention the particular standout of the show, I thought you were going to talk about the whales, to be honest. I thought you were going to be talking about the space whales.
9: I do like the space whales, you know, I do. Yeah. Um, the- usually my stance is nuke the whales, but these <laughs> are the whales that can stay. Um, <laughs>
8: the the wind turbines are killing the whales Joe. Nuke the whales then. Nuke <laughs> <laughs> Um and just the, the Mortis god statues is that a yay or an A? Nay? How are we feeling about that?
7: Um it's going nowhere though, isn't it? Like, yeah, let's be it's honest it's going unfortunately, nowhere. Unfortunately we've <laughs> lost Ray Stevenson. Um I mean I can't I I've i, I do not really know how I feel about it. Like it could go somewhere cool because on to explain in like season two or whatever like yeah could be sick but i felt like having them there in another galaxy with one destroyed just i'm just like what's the point
8: (laughs) yeah it's
9: a shame i think it harks. i think it harks back to what you said earlier about having too much going on in the in the series to an extent Yeah, like the it's just another thing that wasn't necessarily needed, it didn't really add to Balin as a character in any way. Like you kind of you didn't need that. It, I, I do hate it, but it's fan service, isn't it, realistically?
8: Yeah, it's it was that just, whole mystery about what he was after. And But it didn't matter the mystery was it didn't matter, did, matter like, whatsoever. Like, he's following the shiny light that the mortise gods are pointing at.
9: I personally would actually rather see that story animated, yeah. I would like to see a show about Balin's journey with the Mortis Gods as an animated show. Something completely separate because that way it doesn't have the issue of recasting Ray Stevenson. Yeah, and it, a lot of, I think a lot of the casual fans don't particularly like that fantasy element of Star Wars. That obviously Dave flown big into. Yeah. Um, so I kind of can keep it separate without
8: having the toxic hate, which then obviously changes <laughs> the
9: entire I, Star
8: Wars strategy. I, I found it so funny when there was the the brilliant World Between World episodes with Anakin and the Clone Wars, which we didn't even touch on, which was amazing as well. Um, mm-hmm. But there were just loads of people on Twitter who are obviously very, very ca- casual Star Wars fans and have just been watching the Marvel films recently. of like, oh, we've got the multiverse in Star
7: Wars. This is great. <laughs> no I mean I saw people saying that after they said they're going to another galaxy I was like my guy do you not understand how space works (laughs) in a uh, a (laughs) long time ago in a galaxy far far away (laughs) yeah Um, on that on that episode with um,
9: Anakin it was just I mean I know it's a generic thing to say that it's your favourite one of the show but come on it was great
7: yeah everything I think it was helpful as well for the Come back to my previous point about people who like, are casual fans to get more of an understanding of Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like one. It's sick for nostalgia purposes for us a lot, like the fans, and then for casual fans, it's like just a FYI. Yeah, you,
8: yeah you you actually understand that relationship with Anakin, um, which, is, mm. which is an important factor. Yeah, I thought it was really uh, good. I love that uh, Hayden Christensen's uh, getting his little bit of you know mm-hmm. his renaissance period.
9: Yeah, after death threats for. Fifteen years he's uh <laughs> he's finally living at large. But she's so, great as well. Um, probably from uh, you
8: as well, Joe.
9: Yeah, probably. Um <laughs> I mean you can shout at me what you want. He's not a good actor in Attack of the Clones. I will stand by that. <laughs> right. I've had to watch him float a pair more times than I ever wanted to but <laughs> watch him float a pair. And
8: I blame George for that, to be honest. Yeah, I think Hayden was, I think Hayden's proved since then that he's got acting chops serious he's chops. A he's a good actor like he what was it Jumper that he was in he was great
9: in that like it's yeah, a good film it's a really good film and he's been but he was really nice. he was he was good in goodness. this yeah, yeah he's he really good this, yeah. he was good in he was really good in the Obi-Wan series as well which probably yeah. the standout of the whole thing like yeah. he's having a serious renaissance and it's it's nice to see I suppose But the what's the word for that?
8: Is it a Chris Christians Chris Christonis Christonisance?
9: If you want to call it that, you can call it that. I won't be partaking, but sure,
8: (laughs) yeah, fair enough. Yeah,
9: I was gonna say that the girl that played, um, the young Ahsoka was brilliant. I mean, she's had some serious roles and she's about 16.
7: She's doing well
9: for
8: herself, Gamora, Ahsoka, and then she was in Barbie, was not she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's doing all right, she she? Um So, basically, Dan, John, and Joe all really liked Ahsoka. It was great. We're looking forward to the next one. Cheers for chatting, guys. Thanks. Joe will probably, real. He'll, <laughs> <laughs> he'll probably never be back here again. Oh, what you mean? that's
7: fine.
8: Fan favourite, surely. Fan favourite. Uh, maybe we'll get you back for a and or Yeah, do that, because that is, by far, still one. I suppose they'll stop talking about the proletariat again. Um, So, yeah. Hey, look, the proletariat will rise. (laughs) Uh, Cheers, and uh, we'll hand back over to Johnny and the hosting. Bye. (laughs)
0: So that was the Star Wars book community Rebels fan club. Um, Ahsoka seemed to be working for Dan, John, and Joey there as a follow-up to the Rebels show. You know, though there may be a sense that the perhaps the show is spread a little thin over too many different briefs trying to do too many different things but let's talk Rebels characters here folks um Sabine let's talk about Sabine Johnny O I mean I, I know that you were a fan of her introduction in the first episode uh, not, not least because I know you like a good in universe music cue um how did her story work for you as it progressed
2: um really well I thought The actress whose name escapes me now um, absolutely nailed it. Um, Natasha Liu? Yeah. Yes. Natasha Liu did that. Yeah, I thought she was fantastic in the role. Um, I thought they characterised her really well. Um, I mean, and beforehand, when we started to get the hints in the trailers that Ahsoka, like, she was Ahsoka's apprentice, I was. Mm -hmm dead against the idea of, like, they were somehow going to make her a full shoeser and stuff. <laughs> um, mm. But I thought the way they did it through the series really turned me around on it. You know, the the notion that she was going through learning the Jedi ways, but couldn't really connect with the Force. But then there's the, also the thing that, you know, the Force exists in everyone, and it's just whether you yeah can tap into it or not. And kind of call back, call him back in many ways to rebels. And when Kanan was trying to teach her with dark saber and he essentially said something along the lines of, you know, when he was talking to her, I think that she had a connection to the force, but it was blocked. And mm. so, and then it was interesting But obviously by the end we see her, you know, she does manage to use the force. Um And it, it to me, it felt earned. Uh, and also that it only happened after Ahsoka had been through her experience and learnt, um, you know, what she needed to learn and then she was able maybe to become a better teacher to Sabine and there was a couple of things she said to yeah. her that I think, like, kind of helped Sabine maybe then connect later on in, the, in that finale when she managed to use the Force.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I'm very much on the same page as you, Johnny, Um I wasn't convinced about the concept um, of, of Sabine as a, as a Padawan of some sort, but, but by the end i kind of turned around. I, I did think that where we ended up with her felt earned actually, um, which is quite interesting to watch. Uh, Morgan, what about you? How do you, how did you enjoy Sabine in this show?
1: So I, I really enjoyed the idea that the Sabine that we're seeing here is a Sabine who for lack of a better term, has been through some That's shit, true. right? Like um, we've seen her in Rebels and like, yeah, we, we get some stuff there. But this is a Sabine who's lost everybody that matters to her, um, whether it's Ezra um, leaving with, with the Perigol, whether it's Kanan dying during Rebels, whether it's seeing her entire planet and her family, <laughs> destroyed during the siege of Mandalore like she's been yep. through some shit uh, and i think that a lot of the issues that people had with her characterization and her like oh she wouldn't do that or um she wasn't dimensional enough she didn't have the same spunk mm. as what we saw then like would you have the same spunk if you went through the shit yeah. that she did like there's there's so much trauma there that it felt i mean i don't know and any of the issues that i might have had um viewing it through the lens of sabine is someone who all she wants right now all that she cares about right now is finding someone that she knows cares about mm. her um, because i mean even ahsoka at one point in time gave up on her or at least that's what we're yeah. led to believe that she she left her because she didn't feel that she was what Ahsoka was looking for. Um, But she always had that connection with Ezra and that being her primary goal throughout the entire series just felt so right uh, for this particular character. Yeah,
0: and the Ezra connection being a really nice clear through line, I guess, from Rebels right right through to this as well. Um, Yeah, I thought she worked really, really well here. Picking up on something you said there about Mandalore being destroyed um, and all that trauma, um, I think in this show, for the first time, there, there was, I think, essentially confirmation of when the purge of Mandalore happened. We, we never really knew before exactly relative to the siege of Mandalore that we saw at the end of the Clone Wars mm-hmm. and, and um, the battles on Mandalore that we saw in Rebels. Um, which, which, which sort of left things looking reasonably okay. There was kind of a fight back against the Empire going on on Mandalore at the time. Um, but they say in this show that it was at the end of the war, which which to my mind sounds yeah. like Operation Cinder, basically, w- which which may have been implied before in, in the Mandoverse shows. But I think bit by bit they're dropping more detail. Um, and it kind of sounds to me like it's a post-end or Operation Cinder type scenario where they've just obliterated the planet. Maybe any, any, anybody, any of you guys picking up on that?
3: I don't think it was Operation Cinder itself, mm-hmm. just because um, they made a point of saying, like in this and the Mandalorian, um, whatever's in this, but that it was a direct result of of Sabine's family's rebellion. Uh-huh. Um,
0: Whereas his Operation Cinder was just like is a blanket thing, wasn't it? On yeah, well, a bunch of I think Palpatine had very particular reasons in the case of each planet why that planet got it. Yeah, but they felt singled out. Like that was
3: quite apparent. They felt singled mm. out. It wasn't just like a galaxy-wide atrocity yeah. like Operation yeah. Cinder. It was something more, I think. So uh, may- but that's uh, that's just yeah,
0: my no, that's, that's cool. So maybe more detail for them to, you know. Drop down into in, in sort of the more, more shows to come. I'm here for that too. I mean, I'm here for that slow release of of, of the story. I just, I just want to know exactly.
3: what. I don't necessarily think they need to. Like, we don't need to bog down any details. You no, know? we just we just have to know how how it relates to the characters and how it affects the story, like emotionally. Yeah. So we know it happened. We know why it happened. We kind of know when, roughly. We know it was between rebels. Yeah. And the Mandalorian, <laughs> we know that. Um, so that's what it is. I think we probably will get more details, more likely in one of those reference books Yeah, or something yeah, like no,
0: that. You I want storytelling, man. I, I want them to tell. I want them to tell us. You know. You know, all those gaps that we still have to get filled in. You know, how Ahsoka got off Malachor, when she and Sabine started training together, re- and when where all that happens relative to the destruction of Mandalore and it, that, and the impact of that on Sabine and her relationship with Ahsoka and their training and all of that.
3: Yeah, it's just you know, the only time we're going to get that is if it's relevant to the story. No, indeed. Of time, so I want them, that's, that's the only I
0: want we'll them to that. want to tell that story. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Chris, what about Sabine in this? How, how did you get on with her?
3: Yeah, perfect. Yep to um quote the high republic she was the light and life of the show in my opinion there was another character that came into it later um which also fit in that bracket and i'd say sabine's little green friend not yoda the other one um hera um those those three characters were they're the life of the show because everyone else is so like stoic and um, and everyone speaks like they're in Batman Begins, like no one speaks like a real person. <laughs> they, sp- they speak in fables and, do you know what I mean? And, and parables. It's just, no one speaks like a human. I know that a lot of them aren't human, but... Um, and that was something that bothered always bothered me about those kind of films. Um, and this, it bothered me about this, and it bothered me about the prequels as well. But that's one thing I really enjoyed about the sequels is there was a lot of life to those characters. Whether you agree with where the stories went or whatever... There was a lot of life, and they were funny, they were quippy, there was a lot of wit to it, and that Sabine was that. But even just as a fan, you know, just as a uh, a Rebels fan, she was perfectly Sabine in every
4: way.
0: Agreed, 100%. Um, what about Hera, then? Another character carried over from Rebels... Morgan, how did you feel about seeing Hera on the screen in live action? Like,
1: She's probably one of my favorite Star Wars characters, full stop. Um, so seeing her in live action the minute that she was announced, I was like, yep, sold. Favorite character right there. Um, I'm like working on a <laughs> cosplay at this point in time. Like that's that's where we are with that one. Um, I've been working on this cosplay for like four years, though, to be entirely fair. Um But no, I mean, she's perfect. She's always perfect. And seeing her at... Okay, so she's always in Space Mom. um, But seeing her as actual mom uh, with Jason in particular was just so... And, like, she's not perfect. And we know she's not perfect. Because in every other representation we've seen of her after the events of Rebels when Jason's around, we don't see Jason. There was, like, a where is he kind of thing. Um, And finally seeing her with him as an imperfect parent, but a parent who cares, was perfect for me.
0: Yeah, and finally going from sort of metaphorical space mom to actual space mom. It was just good to see, wasn't it? Um, Johnny O, what about you? How's Hera working for you in live
2: action? Um, I thought the portrayal of, of Hera in this was was good. I'm still not 100% like not as perfect as Sabine kind of thing. Um, I thought uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead did a good uh, job with like the characterization of her, I'm just still not sold on the look, um, her stature and stuff, but 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 overall pretty good. Yeah,
0: she was certainly the character that I was sort of most trepidatious about in terms of how the transition from animation to live action was going to work with that casting Um, Vanessa Marshall just does such a great job in the animated show for me that that it was always going to be a rough ride for me but I think by the end I I was totally on board with with Mary Elizabeth Winstead's um, portrayal of Hera there Chris, what about you?
3: Yeah, Hera's great I mean, I, I remember when we recorded the sort of the first premiere episode reaction and I was very much on the same page as Johnny mm. with that one. But I was like, um, she seems good. I can't really reconcile in my head that she's Hera. And you know what? I probably can't. But one thing that I will say is by the end of the series, she was one of my favorite characters. I feel like whether she mm. was exactly Hera from Rebels or not, almost doesn't matter because I love this version of Hera as well. Like, she was wonderful. So much warmth. Like so much warmth. And that's something you could say perfectly does encapsulate Hera, mm. you know? Um, it might be different, but she definitely felt, like, just extremely likable.
0: Yeah. I mean, another character in this show making that transition who I thought was extremely likable immediately was, of course, Ezra Bridger, um, played here by uh, I- Iman Isfandi. Uh What did you think about Ezra Morgan?
1: I love Ezra with my entire heart. I was really nervous at first because I thought it was going to be Mina Massad um from the very beginning and when it wasn't I was like "Eh, I don't know I don't know uh but then the minute he shows up on my screen I'm like no perfect that's everything I wanted um and like I said when I was talking to to Jack um I just love that he shows up and he's like the force is my ally I don't need that lightsaber um like I well-intentioned. He's got this plan, right? Um, And his plans never work out, and he just immediately, almost immediately, just clocks, right? Like He's like staggering, trying to get it. It it works out eventually, um, which I think is what's going on with him the entire time. The one thing that I'm like, struggling with at the moment is the very end of Ezra in this show, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this later, but like, how did he get from getting on the ship to now... Stealing another ship and, and getting back to the the New Republic one. Yeah, it's
3: details, isn't it? We don't need I to know details.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. But when I said I'm doing Hera as a cosplay, I think I might also do Ezra because, like, got the shorter curly hair going on. That might be that might be going <laughs> <laughs> shopping for a beard. I want to
0: see that, um, Johnny O. What about you? How's Ezra working for you here? Did you enjoy this version of the character?
2: Yeah, I did a lot. Um, I was never a massive fan of Ezra in Rebels. Don't let Dan
0: hear that. You might want you back on the show. I mean,
2: I liked him well enough, but like, I, I always preferred Kanan and Hera and Sabine. But in this, he was so perfectly Ezra. Um, the humour, just like the energy that he had, just all of that and just like his fun... The fun side of him, and uh, it was just kind of like, yeah, if 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 Ezra was stranded on a planet for ten odd years with a bunch of turtle guys, that's what he would be like.
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: I loved all of this. Just the little touches, you know, um, the, the way he ran back and crouched down before he did. You know, they did the whole jumping and force <laughs> push gig at the you know gag at the end. Um, you know, even the sort of the gag at the end with him. You know, clearly he's going to borrow the stormtrooper's helmet and armor because that's what Ezra does. And yeah. you know, and, and he uses the the, the, the comms to kind of you know um, misdirect. You know, which, which is straight out of the Ezra playbook from the show. Just all those little moments were, were really cool. It's really weird that we've all yeah. been
1: calling him Ezra and not Jabba the Hut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah,
0: you got you got to expect that maybe for at least the first 6 months he had all those little turtle guys calling him Jabba. <laughs> I hope so. We'll Chris, what about you? How did you get on with Ezra? Uh
3: Ezra couldn't couldn't have been any more perfect. Just like that is Ezra, but older. Like absolutely perfect. Yeah. Give me a trilogy of movies, right, that follows Ezra. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ezra and Sabine. They could be the new Luke and Leia or whatever. Like, if 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 the if anyone wants to move into movies, there's your main characters. Mm. Not Ahsoka, yeah. I, 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 not I Mando or Grogu that. or fucking Boba Fett in his back-to-tank. It's Ezra and Sabine.
0: <laughs> the, who, who 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 doesn't want to root for them? That is true. Ezra, despite his sort of his beginnings, is a kind of a slightly, to my, eye, sort of slightly annoying teenage guy. Um, he's an enormously likable character, isn't he? Um, and certainly in this in this show, he was immediately very very, very enjoyable. And of course that that that's not the whole rebels crew there's Chopper and Zeb as well obviously we got Chopper but no Zeb i mean personally i had a feeling that was likely um but was that the the absence of Zeb a surprise to you guys
2: um not exactly um if we were going to get him obviously it was going to be before they left the galaxy to go to the other to peridia um but they could well team up later as we've already seen him, and I don't think yeah. you make a CGI Zeb for that little cameo. You do it to see if you can do it later, and then they've already got that, and then they can use it again, kind of thing. So, I
1: mean, we've already seen Zeb in yeah. live action, yeah. Um, so I don't yeah. know, like, yeah. these are all characters that are new for live action, whereas Zeb is somebody that we've already seen before, so not as, yeah. <laughs> important I guess <laughs> to the yeah. story. I mean it, it,
0: it, yeah that, that earlier appearance of Zeb is interesting I guess you know f- folk maybe assumed that it was a trial run of the CGI and, and maybe that was true but, but it also provides an excuse for not having him in the show because he's busy he's, he's got a job he's doing something mm-hmm. else actually um, and you know if, if you look at the role that's played in in the Ahsoka show by someone like Carson Teva you know that, to my mind, is, is you know that that it could have been Zeb. You know, I kind of wonder if they had written that role that it could go either way, depending on whether or not they could make the CGI cost effective. You know, Zeb could have been in that role, I suppose, but but it works fine as someone else. You know, um, and actually, maybe it's better than it wasn't Zeb. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So what about new characters, particularly? Uh, dark Jedi, the Skull. He he's referred to as a Dark Jedi at one point, or was that just the episode title? I think that's just the episode title, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so in Skull and Shin Hatai. What do we make of these folks, Johnny?
2: I thought they were fantastic, great uh, like additions to the Star Wars universe. And, um, you know, Balin's really interesting kind of new take on what a Jedi can be, or what a former Jedi can be post Order 66 because we either see ones who want to bring usually either see ones that want to bring the Jedi Order back or have become Inquisitors and he's like he said in the thing, he still kind of uh, um, respects what it is what the Jedi are meant to be, just not what they became um, and so he's kind of doing his own thing now where we assume he kind of uses both the light and the dark maybe um, I was very much on <laughs> on the thy father and daughter theory um, to begin with. The last mm. couple of episodes kind of reduced that a little bit. I'm still think there's a chance, but yeah. Um, see, see obviously how unlikely. you carry on that yeah, on this, now. This point. that obviously, yeah, we sadly lost Ray Stevenson. Um, I think you mm. could recast just because he's such a new character, and it would yeah. it would kind of mm. honour. Ray Stevenson's work to carry that character on. I think the other thing we could yeah. do would be to give his story to Shin um, yeah. perhaps because obviously they're both still on that planet so she could go in search for him maybe maybe like find his journal <laughs> yeah. or something like that maybe he died and then she can yeah. carry on that journey <clears throat> learn about what he was looking for from his journal or something like that. Hmm. In,
0: indeed, or, or indeed, he, you know, he he can have found whatever he's looking for, mm. but has been, you know, um, destroyed, destroyed by it, absorbed into it, becomes yeah. part of it. You yeah. know, all of all of which could help facilitate a recast or something. Yeah. Um. Or, or, or he's just disappeared looking for yeah. it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But a really fascinating character, uh, and yeah. you know, it's such a tragedy that Ray Stevenson has gone because he absolutely. Stole every single scene yeah. he was in by doing almost by doing almost nothing. There's such a stillness and a solidity yeah.
2: to that performance.
1: There's so much you presence. Know,
2: every single. Yeah, and I would absolutely yeah. take a prequel book about those two.
1: Yes, like mm.
2: them before this
1: series. Oh, completely.
0: That'd be fabulous. Yeah. Completely. That that would be that would be. Um, how, how did you enjoy those two more? Oh, more?
1: they were they were the perfect new additions for the show. I think. Um obviously we, we mentioned before all of the, the kind of reference to Gandalf, the gray to Gandalf, the white with Ahsoka. Um, and it feels Mm -hmm. like we're leaning more into fantasy in this particular show, um, which, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what their characters feel like. They feel like knights. They feel like Arthurian. They feel very Lord of the Rings style. Um, and that's so much fun. Um, and like you said, Ray Stevenson's presence was just so impactful and so intense in every single scene that he was in. That it's it's almost hard to imagine a recast um, because yeah. I don't know that anyone else can bring that same presence. Um, we didn't really talk about Shin Sh- Shin ha- Shin haughty, if you will. Um, she's
4: <laughs> she's gorgeous, <laughs> right. No,
1: um, yeah, but that character, like she feels like a wild animal and that's so interesting Mm -hmm. and like she embodies that so well um she's she feels feral yeah and yeah unpredictable and i feel like there's so much character development that can happen with her in the future which is very exciting um i'm really excited to see where both of these characters end up going over time
0: Yeah, like likewise, and yeah, I, I love I love that um, that idea of her being animalistic. You know, both of both of their names. Um, I, I'm, I'm reliably informed by people who understand languages better than I do uh, allu- allude to um, to wolves, yes. um, and you know. E- there's there's a there is something feral, particularly about her. Even just her her posture, the way she moves. She, you know, she's she is a hungry animal, stalking prey. You know, um, I, I love that about her, and uh, I'm I'm intrigued to to see where where that goes next so let's think about where this show sits then within sort of the the wider mandoverse indeed the, the wider canon you know the last season of the mandalorian we finally got a bit more context about the new republic and the political status quo within the galaxy you know we get a bit more of that here as well did you enjoy seeing folk like mon mothma seeing how hera and the military fit into the political structures did you enjoy seeing some of the politicking and stuff chris what about you
3: yeah, I love that. It's added so much texture to the to the galaxy to this story. Um I, I feel like whatever her name is, is Genevieve O'Reilly? Is that her name? Have I made yep. that up? Yeah, yeah. that's her. Uh, who is mm-hmm. who is perfect as Mon Mothma. Not only does she look and sound like the original Mon Mothma, but she's just a great actress. Yeah. And after mm-hmm. seeing her incredible performance in Andor, give me more. Give me a trilogy of Ezra and Mon Mothma,
0: (laughs) taking (laughs) on the galaxy together. Yeah, Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still hankering for that show about Sinjir Rathvelis and Mon Mothma. Um, Yeah, that's. I'll I'll take. I know, I know, but I can always dream. Um, Exactly, but but, yeah, absolutely wonderful. It
3: was great to see um, Kazuda Ziono's father. In this, that yeah. everyone's convinced yeah. works for the Empire. Obviously, haven't watched yeah. Resistance. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he, no, wonderful.
0: Yeah, yeah th- th- that, that character, he, he Yeah, <laughs> well, he, he, he's very much channeling, and, and this will be a reference point that and he will have had in mind from the heir to the Empire. Air to the Empire trilogy of books the the Boffin Senator Boffin guy yeah that nightmare guy yeah the, that, that's who Senator Ziona was basically that that's the role that he's 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 filling in sort of the Felony yeah. version of of the New Republic you know yeah
3: but like uh, one thing that I want all fans to know if you listen to this not everyone in in you know the New Republic is good and everyone in the Empire is bad you are going to get massive dickheads in the Republic do you know what I mean oh yeah
0: yeah of course you are. <laughs> Yeah. And he's just one of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sh- sh- shocker, a politician turns out to be dick. Yeah, exactly. You
2: know, um, <laughs> or just simply to have a different opinion. Yeah, if you have a yeah, different yeah, opinion. Yeah, you say, Lord, yeah, kill yeah, him, kill him. Burn him. <laughs> he wants dude, to help the people dude. of the galaxy instead of trying to find a bloke he's never actually heard of. Mm. he yeah, been this seven years, presumed dead. What? <laughs> yeah. How-, how very
0: dare he want evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, what about you, Johnny O? Oh, how how did you enjoy seeing a bit more of the galactic, the galactic context here, and sort of and how, seeing how it slots in maybe to the wider canon?
2: Yeah, I think it, it was enjoyable to see it. Um, it fits in with everything else they've been doing in the Mandoverse and um, like the other books as well. With like you know, Mom Mustmore obviously in like yeah. the aftermath trilogy, etc., wanting to demilitarize. Um, yeah, and it's. Yeah, they they're making mistakes, but none of it is out of ill intent. You know, it's as yeah. um, Ahsoka said in the series: sometimes the right reasons have the wrong consequences. Yeah. So I think that just that kind of sums up everything about the New Republic to me. It's like they're doing everything for the right reason, it's just they're making the wrong decisions at the wrong time, maybe. Yeah, yeah,
0: and the galaxy is rightfully, absolutely sick and tired of war. <laughs> you know yeah um i i completely get that morgan what about you
1: yeah no i i agree every time we get a new project it just makes star wars and the galaxy feel more lived in um more fleshed out more i don't know better more better that's, that's what I'm going more for. better it's, <laughs> it's more good <laughs>
3: we start with this episode, yeah. more better
1: it's
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just it's just adding more
2: layers, isn't it? And props to them for including Senators Yono, by the way, because they didn't need to oh, do yeah. that, you know, to bring in a character from Resistance, you know, one of the mm. most kind of I know and overlooked shows I, kind of thing in many ways. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: I'm an enormous resistance apologist you know and, and i i love seeing resistance getting a little bit of a nod and it's the tiniest of nods for folk mm. who really know but
1: um it's nice one more thing from canon and johnny you were johnny Mayner. you are the one who pointed this out the first time and it will be it will forever be my head and i don't care what happens from here on f- forward morgan elspeth is bug from that uh one story in the that short story oh. collection
0: yeah, <laughs> the tales, it's the, the tales of light and dark, stories of light and dark. Maybe from, that one. It, I it's think yeah, so? it, yeah, it is. It, it's a little sort of middle grade slash YA. Collective yeah. adaptations of Clone Wars episodes except for that final story by Anne Convery called Bug which is a very loose adaptation of the the storyline where you know, that Dathomir is routed by the Separatist army but it's much more than that and introduces a couple of Sister survivors and yeah I mean, it's my ardent hope that there is a connection there between
1: I don't care if they actually and... make the connection yeah. like it, it is for me the end. Yeah,
0: yeah. Agreed. That's my head cannon too. That's my head cannon. Perfect. Um, so, so let, let's let's think about things from a slightly different perspective know, we've, we've dived a bit deeper there into some of the nitty-gritty and some of some of the sort of geekier detail that you know as sort of perhaps over-invested fans like us you know obsess over but um let's hear from a relatively new star wars fan chris you've been speaking to your friend charlie about the show so let's give that a listen and then we'll come back and we'll have a think about um how this story wrapped up and and where it goes from here Welcome
3: to my segment, me being Chris, <laughs> Star Wars Book Collector. Um, obviously, you've listened to the whole big episode um, with all the other boring peeps. So now it's my turn. Um, I'm joined today. I'm My little bit's a bit different, and I'm joined today by my real-life friend. Um, and the angle we're going to look at today is how we felt about Ahsoka. Obviously, I'm a big giant nerd, but my friend Charlie, do you want to say hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> <Wow>. um,
5: <laughs> my friend, uh, he's, a,
3: he's like a super new Star Wars fan. So if I'm right, you only watched them all in the last year. Is that right? Yeah. The films? Yeah. like. And you started with Rogue One, yes. didn't you?
6: Yeah, we watched so all you've out of
3: order. All out yeah. of order. You've got like a, an incredibly unique perspective, which I massively disagree <laughs> with, but we're not going to go into that now. So wh- which ones are your least favourites, Charlie?
6: Um... Oh, like my my least favourite are like the oldest, like the original oh my God. original. Oh, my oh I'm God. sorry. Don't
3: burn her. She's precious. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So hello Charlie. Um you uh I wanted to introduce you as a professional <laughs> championship level pole dancer and a lawyer.
6: Yeah. Both of those things. Both
3: of those things are truer. Yeah. Yeah.
6: I am those things.
3: Wow. Check you out. So We're just going to jump straight in. So Ahsoka, the TV show, you watched it. You've watched all the live action shows, haven't you? Yes. So just generally, did you like it?
6: I did. I did really like it. Um, It was probably the one that I understood the least. Okay. Um, But as sort of a standalone, like, who are these people? Is the action good? It was great, but it just left me with a lot of unanswered questions. But I think if I'd have had more background I wouldn't have as many of those questions.
3: Yeah because you already you knew a little bit about Ahsoka because you saw her in The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, yes. didn't you? So you knew a little bit about mm-hmm. her. So I mean it's a weird question so a lot of the questions that a lot of the other people are asking is how did you find Ahsoka because Ahsoka is a character which we knew for seven seasons of the Clone yeah. Wars and she was in The Rebels a bunch and she was voiced by Ashley Eckstein and she's beloved, like one of the most favourite Star Wars characters there is. And obviously this is Rosario Dawson's interpretation, which is, it's different because obviously this Ahsoka's older and she's been through some <laughs> shit and, you know, so how did you find Ahsoka herself? Do you, you think she was a likable character? Could you relate to her at all? Or? Um,
6: Yeah, I, <laughs> I really like her because she's just a badass and, she She just does her own thing and she she's always just completely in control or at least that's how it appears um and i really like that because i vibe with that um george my partner Mm -hmm. found her quite smug and he was like she's always so calm like she's probably about to die and she's just laughing about it and and chilling in the mouth of a big whale, and I'm like, yeah, how cool?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Banner. I mean, that's it. I mean, a lot of the people say she's quite stoic compared yeah. to with how we knew her previously. But the most time we've seen her is between the ages of thirteen and seventeen. So, as I'm sure you can imagine, she was a very yeah, different a character then. Yeah, no, I did. I, I yeah, because I'm. I mean, are you the same person you were when you were thirteen?
6: Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm much worse. <laughs>
3: I, I I I've worked with Charlie before and she, and if you think I'm chaotic she's way
6: worse <laughs> I <am pure> chaos. <laughs> um,
3: so exactly I mean that leads me to my point though she isn't the same person um so onto the other characters obviously the big main aim of the story that I'm guessing you gleaned was to find Ezra and Thorne yes. obviously you don't know who they I'm, are didn't you have didn't.
1: A clue,
3: but... no no um, but obviously they found Ezra and Thorne. So we had the main characters in the show. Obviously, Thorne, Ezra. We'll talk about those in a minute. But Sabine and Hera. How did you connect to Sabine and Hera? Oh,
6: Sabine, not at all. I really didn't like her.
3: You didn't like no. Sabine. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Sorry, what, I what, just what. don't
6: know how she didn't didn't die. Like she was stabbed in the first episode, and that should have been it, in my opinion. Because then she just continued to get herself into really stupid situations. And she wasn't any good at using the Force. And she wasn't really any good with a lightsaber. And she was also a bit annoying.
3: (laughs) You see, I like Sabine a lot. Because Sabine is a character from Rebels. uh, And so you've seen that grow. In in Rebels, she didn't have any kind of... Well, that we knew of any Force abilities. She was just... She's a Mandalorian. She was a rebel. uh, And she liked spray painting. And she's a bit like a a rebel within the Rebels, if you know what I mean. Um... And obviously now we realise that she has a bit of force sensitivity, but not a lot. She's a pretty shit Jedi. She's pretty um, well, she's not even a Jedi, but um but I don't know if my opinion's coloured because she's hot.
6: <laughs> you know no, no, I agree, I I agree know if... she's really hot. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> what about what about Hera?
6: I liked her. I like that she was she was like, No, this this is what we need to do. We need to stop this. I don't care if I'm gonna get sacked. I'm I'm stopping a war, people. Get out of my way.
3: Yeah, well, Hera was always known in Rebels as, like, the mother figure of the group. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And did that come across to you? Yeah, it did.
6: Yeah, definitely.
3: Because that's one thing, obviously, we, us, like, fans that have watched that, we're trying to constantly compare this version to the version we know. So I think a lot of who this character is gets lost on us. So it's nice to have that perspective that you you picked up on that. Yeah,
6: no, definitely. She definitely came across as... She's like the mum friend of the group.
3: Yeah, and she's actually a yeah. mum in this as well. Yeah, her kids With her kid's weirds. Cute. He's cute, and he's got more force abilities than Sabine has. Yeah, so. a bit
6: spooky, the way he was just like, actually, I can hear lightsabers.
3: <laughs> and, I, yeah, and, and I see Yeah, people.
6: I'm like a <laughs> strange child.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like, we need to go and check out that thing, but also, someone keep an eye on you. <laughs> um, that's wicked. I mean, I again... Love her. I feel like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who played her, is a really good actress, yeah. and she played it perfectly. I don't know if you yeah, agree. Yeah, no, I do. I, I really yeah. like her. Um, that makes sense. I mean, she's also married to Hugh McGregor. Yes,
6: I found that out midway through
3: the series. So she's a Nepo baby. <laughs> she's, she's, she's not, obviously. She's extremely talented. Um, So obviously, like I said, the, all of this was building up to finding Ezra and Thrawn. Now, the plot up to that point... Did you find it easy to follow? Because personally, I think if I put my new fan hat on, it did enough to explain, this is Sabine. She's sad because she misses Ezra. This is Ahsoka. She's, you know, who she is. Did you, was it enough to to sort of get you to follow along with what was happening and why you wanted to find Ezra? And
6: follow? Yeah, definitely. It was, I think to start, it was a bit like, I think I texted you. and was like, sorry, I'm on episode one. And they've just mentioned all these people who are all these people. But once you were like, right, they're all from this particular series. It was very easy to just sort of compartmentalize. Right, okay, it's people I don't know, but they're going on this journey to find them, and that's fine, and I can just follow them along on that journey. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you messaged me as well, and you were like, Ezra and Sabine a thing? You sent yeah, me that message, that, didn't
6: you? Yeah. Still not clear on that because there's vibes all over the place. So there's, I don't know if anyone else picked up on it. it might just be me, but there was a lot of sexual tension between Sabine and Ahsoka. And then Hera was there, and I was like, don't know what's going on with the three of them, but I'm getting vibes. And then Ezra turned up, and I was like, well, who likes who?
3: I'm glad you said (laughs) that, because I picked up on that as well, especially between Ahsoka and Sabine. I thought that there was something more than Master and Padawan there, but I didn't want to mention it, because everyone's so established to who those characters are. They'd be like, no, what are you talking about? That's wrong, but I'm glad that you, with no knowledge, picked up on that, because I definitely Yeah,
6: there were vibes.
3: And, you know, Ahsoka does have leanings in that direction. Uh, if you've read the book Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston, yeah. there's a character that she kind of connects with called Caden La. Nothing happens, but it goes that yeah. way. Obviously, um, that's a female character. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that, because I definitely did. That would be really cool. I'd be all up for yeah, that, Yeah, I think... Personally. I think... Not in like a weird pervy way, just like <laughs> just like that I, that I would be happy with that development. Yeah,
6: I think, I think but, it, would, um, it would have almost made me like Sabine more because I would have understood a lot more why Ahsoka had so much time for her when yeah. she was coming across a little bit pathetic.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're the first person to say that. Everyone's like, Sabine, love Sabine. As, as a, you know, as a but...
6: person, she seems wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> as a Jedi trying to help other characters, wouldn't put my trust in her.
3: No, yeah, she's not She's not Luke Skywalker. No, I,
6: if she was I mean? like, I'll throw you up there, you know, I'll force you up there, I'd be like, mm, I'm about to die.
3: <laughs> well, that leads me on to the next person, who is actually quite a good Jedi and a bit of a badass, and I love him. How do you feel about Ezra? I liked
6: Ezra. He was really yeah. cool. He's just been chilling with his little friends on this planet for God knows how long, and he's just so chill.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so ezra again put it in context for you ezra's the main character of rebels he's the sort of he's sort of, kind of like space aladdin right they find him that. just living in that lothal stealing you know bread getting caught by the sort of <laughs> like that's he's he's aladdin yeah. and then he steals from the rebels crew and then they capture him and then they he kind of joins their crew and they've gone adventures oh, for four okay. seasons cool. so in this obviously he's not a, he's not a teenager mm-hmm. anymore you know, he's got a beard, and he's you know good-looking dude. Very and...
6: good-looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: good-looking dude, but he's he's still got that that sort of playful charm and sense of humour. Um So yeah, did you connect to that? Did you did you like yeah, him? Yeah, definitely. definitely.
6: There was just probably helped by the fact that it's not bad to look at, but immediate likeability there, and the way he was just immediately teasing Sabine, like <laughs> took you long enough like yeah he's just a nice likeable dude he wasn't like oh my god you've left me on this planet for god knows how long what's going on
3: i mean that leads i mean it makes me think because i've listened to the other segments by the way that are going to be in this episode and this is definitely a lot thirstier than uh, (laughs) just talking about it
1: it
6: keeps things everyone's hot i'm like i don't know where to look
3: (laughs) to be fair i'd say like out of all the star wars things this has the highest ratio of hot people yeah dudes and females and aliens and everything like was there a sexy droid in there? Probably. I can't Probably. remember. Chopper. <laughs> Chopper's hot. No. Okay. Oh, what do you think of Chopper? I love Chopper. <laughs> do you know about Chopper? No. He is known as a war criminal. Right. Because in in Rebels, he kills... His, his kill count, it's not the highest, his kill count is 50,000 <laughs> people. Okay.
6: It's <He's laughs> a little badass one, I like
3: it. <laughs> yeah, so people love Chopper. I mean, it's not as bad as R2. R2 is, is 1.3 million. Oh, my God. I know, right? He's just, At that point, it goes away from, oh, cute walker and all. That's just like... Yeah, <laughs> it's
6: just scary, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Don't get on his bad side.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's actually the main bad guy. But anyway, um, so speaking of bad guys, we had, I'd say, four main bad guys in this. We had um, Morgan Alsbeth, who you remember from Mandalorian, yes. who was revealed in this is a night sister. Now, you wouldn't have known what a night sister is before this, I knew but this essentially they're... From
6: are okay. they the ones in the game in the star wars oh yeah game? they're in
3: jedi fallen order marion's a night sister yeah 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 because yeah, they were introduced well they weren't introduced but they were prominently introduced in clone wars Cool. so yeah so you're you're really into witchy stuff as well so how did you like the night sisters
6: I really liked them <laughs> they're on the wrong side but they're quite cool they've got their little ball thing and they're just out here making spells <laughs>
3: making spells making zombies making making
6: zombies
3: (laughs) just just kicking it back um Um,
6: and i liked that in the it must be like the last episode when thrawn's like oh yeah just destroy it they were all a bit like i don't like that actually
3: yeah that's my temper. yeah like they do
6: actually have a little bit of personality under there
3: yeah what about um other two hot people in the show Balin and shin
6: See, I didn't think Shin was that hot. Out didn't of you? all of them, I think she ranked the lowest on the hotness scale.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, what about her character? No, I don't
6: know if that's just because she was so miserable all the time.
3: She was quite
6: miserable. Um, Balin, I love.
3: He's got big daddy yeah, vibes.
6: and I didn't always get what he was on about, but I also don't think you were meant to. I liked that he just got there and no. then went off to do his own thing and was like, you're good now. Have fun.
3: Yeah, if he... That was intentionally left quite yeah. vague because obviously that's part of a larger plot which we're going to see in the next thing, whether it's Ahsoka Season 2 or The Mandalorian yeah. or something else. We're obviously going to see more of that yeah. soon. So you're not, you're not on your own there. We didn't know what oh, that fast. was. Uh But yeah, so no, they, they were really good. Obviously a lot of mystery actors, uh, performances were great with them. And it's a shame because obviously, I don't know if you know, but Ray Stevenson who played Balin has since died. Oh
6: no, I didn't know
3: no exactly so we don't know how that's going to carry on into the next season or whatever Mm -hmm. but no it's it's sad isn't it because he was like one of the best things about the show he was really
6: good i really wanted to see his because there were points when we were like oh is he is he a secret goody like is is he actually gonna help them what's going on there i really wanted to see more his
3: yeah his motivations were quite murky weren't they because we used to like light and dark and uh, An ex-Jedi tend to be, come from what we've seen, either Inquisitors, who you remember from yeah. the Kenobi show, or Sif. That's generally how it yeah. goes. But he was neither. He's a mercenary. So he was a Jedi. He didn't turn bad at the end of Jedi Order. Order 66 happened. And he survived and turned his talents to become a mercenary. And obviously, through the years of being a mercenary, he's done some things which have kind of changed his perspective on what's good and what's bad. Yeah. He was very, but he's he, he. I don't think he's got any negative thoughts towards the Jedi Order. though.
6: No, yeah, he was very just kind of. I very much got the sense that he was just doing his own thing, and mm-hmm. he'd sort of follow orders, but he wasn't. He wasn't following them because he believed in them. That was just the job that he'd been given that day.
3: Yeah. So this is the question I was probably most interested in hearing what you think because with this character here it has a lot of history which goes back. Um. 30 32 years right but he's such a massive part of star wars but this is his first time he's ever appeared in live action so it's a big deal for a lot of fans and that is thrawn
6: yeah he wasn't what i expected
3: what did you expect from what from what you heard and everything like that?
6: more this is gonna sound really silly but i expected him to look more like a bad guy i think okay. star wars is like quite good at being like no that's a bad person, like, you've got, like...
3: Yeah, Palpatine, there's yeah, no denying. You know I mean?
6: He's not <laughs> you on the good side, he's very much a bad guy. And so I expected less humanoid, more alien, maybe, or some form mm-hmm. of, like, mask or costume.
3: Yeah, like a Kylo Ren yeah, kind of guy or something. Where he was
6: just he was just very ordinary.
3: Um, yeah. Well, yeah. the thing with Thrawn... So if you think Sherlock Holmes, that's Thrawn. Yeah. Who can you know, like if you watch a show like Mandy yep. Come you know how we can look at a thing and instantly read what's happening yeah. and what that's 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 who Thrawn is. I mean, did that come across for you in this? Yeah,
6: show? and I really liked that for the first time ever we actually had a bad guy who was like, Okay, but I've not seen them dead, so we're gonna assume they're alive and take steps (laughs) and like like, oh right okay we've we've got loads of time now because we've delayed them let's delay them some more though just to be sure I was like finally (laughs) a person with common (laughs) sense
3: I suppose yeah I didn't even think of that
6: (laughs) he actually wants to win and doesn't just think oh okay I've won they're not here so I've won actually no I'm going to make sure they're definitely not here and I'm leaving this planet without them on my ship
3: I didn't even think about that because I made the criticism in one and probably think the larger episode of this, that we get a lot of show, a lot, a lot of talent in those shows. Like they keep saying that Thrawn's this super intelligent guy, but we don't mm-hmm. see it like we do in the books. But I suppose we do in those small yeah, moments. I really liked it. Because typical, typical movie villains are just like, ha, 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 I'm going to spend 10 minutes telling my master plan. And you're like, no, just kill it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
6: most of them it's are like, sense. Oh, I've bombed some whales. Obviously I've won. He was like, okay. Yeah. Then we're gonna, then we're gonna find where they were. We're gonna bomb there too. Then we're gonna do this. In fact, send out an extra squad just in case.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, do do you like the character of Thrawn? He's quite, he's quite calm. He's quite measured. He's not exactly enigmatic like Kylo Ren or Palpatine, you know, with lots of pantomime personality.
6: Yeah, I, he's probably up there with my favourite villains. That's from, really cool to hear the series because he's so chill and really cool, he's not some big dramatic bad guy.
3: That's wicked. Um, so that's good. Before I kind of bring it to questions that you may have about the show that you might personally want mm. to know, I just want to bring up one. So episode five, I think it was, we got to go into what is known as the World Between Worlds, but you wouldn't know yeah. that, into space corridors. yeah, <laughs> Magic spaceland. <laughs> land.
6: Um,
3: and then you got to meet a character that you did know. Yes. Anakin Skywalker yeah and you got to see the Clone Wars so how was that for you
6: so there was because we watched the first episode and then we had a couple of weeks where we couldn't we couldn't watch any more Ahsoka for a while because we just couldn't find the time and in that time we came across an article where everyone was raving about it they were like my god you finally finally see Anakin as this like actual human and like you actually start to like him and it's wonderful and there's like this whole they went into this whole like vibe and how you get to see like the good and the bad in him balance and i was like oh i'm i don't quite get it from the article but i'm really excited to see it and then we watched the episode with it in, and i was like yeah i didn't really Really? i didn't really get it so then afterwards i went back and read the article and the main thing i took away from it was that people now just got to see him as a more of a likable person Yes. Which I, I got that. I got that vibe. Um, and maybe it just wasn't as big a deal to me because I didn't have the backstory and like I just I just watch it and he's like a, he's just a cool he's just got a cool story. turns bad. Yeah. Like, great.
3: I mean there's, <laughs> the, there's layers to it. The first layer is oh it's It's Hayden Christensen again. It's cool to see him again. Do you know what I mean? As like a fan, like, oh, he looks great. It's great to see Anakin again. But the next layer is there's kind of two versions of Anakin. So there's the Anakin from the prequel movies, which Hayden Christensen played. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole generation of fans who he's their guy. They love those movies. He's their guy. They grew up with it. I don't agree with that. (laughs) I'm the generation before that. Um, but it's fine. Everyone's valid. You know what I mean? No one's wrong. Everyone's valid. Um, but <laughs> his character, to me and to a lot of Star Wars fans, always came across as quite whiny and it never really showed his descent into Darth Vader well. It's yeah. kind of a bit messy. Whereas the Clone Wars um, TV show that ran for seven seasons, the Anakin there is extremely likable. Okay. Like He's a great guy. And you can really see why he descends and it fleshes out that whole thing so much better, and it makes the it, it recontextualizes the prequels and generally makes them better because of it. Like when he's when it's not just oh, because of Padme, because he's jealous and doesn't want to die, it's there's more to it than there's the way that his relationship with Ahsoka is, the way that the Jedi no, no spoilers, she mentions it in the show anyway, but the way that the Jedi Order treat Ahsoka and it makes her walk away. He lost a lot of faith in them. There's so much more to it. And Anakin's such a more well-rounded character. So a lot of people were happy to see Hayden Christensen playing that version of Anakin.
6: That makes more sense. So
3: it it brought them together. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of people always criticize Hayden Christensen's performance. Um, in the movies which i always felt was unfair because i've seen him in other things he is good and i always was under the impression that it was more george lucas's direction and writing not being the strongest and i think this showed that because he was really good in this yeah
6: i I, I really liked him in it i just didn't and i think it's because i had that sort of spoiler beforehand i was expecting something so much bigger Bigger. if i hadn't have read that article Mm. beforehand i probably would have just been like oh look he's back how great yeah um yeah i i'm in very much in the category that always found anakin a bit whiny and a bit okay. like like he's like oh well you know my my wife's gonna die and i'm i'm gonna go and do this and then i'm gonna make really bad choices and i'm like oh, you just want to shake him
4: <laughs> whereas, <laughs> yeah. whereas
6: it was nice to see him as a a teacher especially with younger soaker i thought that was done really nicely
3: yeah, she was really yeah, good as she, well. Oh,
6: I love her. She's of The actress that
3: played her. But
6: yeah, I really like her. Um, and yeah, it was just nice to see him as as someone other than a, a main character I didn't really like or as someone other than just the bad guy.
3: Yeah, just Darth yeah, Vader. it was nice to, yeah.
6: to see the person, which I guess is what you guys all had, but it was deeper because it was the actor as well.
3: Yeah. It kind of brought those two things together for us, so it was it was meaningful. Um, but I, I'd always wondered how that episode would play to someone who hadn't had the Clone Wars, who hadn't watched yeah. them. I do think you should watch them. I've been bugging no, you for I about I do a year. want to.
6: They are on my list. I do <laughs> want to watch them. And then once I've watched them, I want to go back and re-watch Ahsoka.
3: Yes. To wrap it up, do you have any burning questions? Um... From someone who's watched that show to someone who is a nerd.
6: Okay, I, d- I don't know if you actually have the answer of it. it's something that's that we're gonna get the answer okay. to, um, but the whole like purge of Mandalore and stuff, and Sabine blames Ahsoka, and Ahsoka didn't trust her, and all of that whole sort of storyline was confusing. I think more confusing because yeah. I struggle with Star Wars timelines to work out yes. in my head A lot who know. knows who and what's going on when someone knows someone. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
6: But yeah, do, do we have an answer to that? Why was why was it her fault? <laughs>
3: no yes and no so yes we do um in the fact that mandalore obviously was part of the empire it was the empire owned it it was you know part of their thing and during rebels um sabine went back to her family who was one of the main families on mandalore and essentially led a, a revolution okay started revolution with Bo Katan. Yeah. Human Bo Katan from like her. thingy. Um yeah, great. Sabine was actually the one who was known as the Mandalore. She had the Darksaber, which is uh-huh. why she got trained. Kanan was training her to use the dark saber. And she went back and she essentially led, got her family and led a revolution against the Empire. Okay. Um and they they managed to essentially win um that small battle they were doing and then that was the end of Rebels. And obviously we cut to the Mandalorian, which is pff, ten years later mm-hmm. and Empire, the Empire have responded in that time and destroyed Mandalorian. Right. So it kind of is kind of is Sabine's fault but also Sabine obviously was only doing the right yeah. thing. There is more to tell there which we haven't got. I imagine it'll be fleshed out in the other okay. shows. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you'd like to ask before we...
6: don't think up? so, no. I think... I think that's it. Now that I I know whether Sabine and Ezra have a thing and <laughs> where that whole storyline has come from with where Mandalore fits in, yeah. that, that kind of answers the questions, I think.
3: Well, great. Well, thank you very much, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Obviously, I, hopefully, if we do this again for any of the other shows, yeah. I will hopefully get you back yeah. on.
6: I like all the news. Unless stuff.
3: everyone hates you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but cheers
1: dude thank you very much
0: that's really good to hear you know the folks who maybe aren't as conversant in star wars lore found the show to be that engaging and that rewarding does that surprise any of you
3: no i had lightsabers that go pew pew and stuff that's enough for most people lightsabers go pew pew (laughs) yeah that's what ezra's does (laughs)
1: that is true it does
3: well it did his first one did yeah for most people like we're we're a special breed of nerd for most people like they just want something that has enough semblance of a plot but has enough action to drive it like look at john wick like incredibly well received well-loved action franchise and it's literally just a guy getting vengeance for his murdered dog that's that's the plot do you know what i mean most people don't want any more than that I just need something to drive through for escapism. So it doesn't surprise me at all, no. I mean, I I think the show does a good job as well of, like, this is Sabine. She's sad because her friend is missing. Do you know what I mean? That's all you need to know. You don't need to know everything else. No, indeed, indeed.
0: I mean, as as I think I said earlier, I did wonder in advance how well some of the stranger elements might come across. if, If they... Wound up on screen like the world between worlds, or references to the Mortis gods, or, or just the very involved backstory to some of these characters. And I, could, I did wonder how that would land for some casual fans. But, but as the show progressed, it was kind of clear that it was done with, you know, with a nod to fans who know and love it all, but with a real sensitivity to those who might be coming in, you know, completely new. You know, I, I, as Stan Lee used to say, "Every comic is somebody's first comic." Excelsior, and I do get that. Uh... Yeah, Excelsior, <laughs> and, and 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 I get. I, I get the sense that this has been made with that kind of philosophy in mind, you know. Um, but, but yeah, really, really encouraging to, to know that someone can just walk in and, 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 and enjoy this with kind of minimal, minimal background.
3: Especially as you know, I mean, for, in, for, for Charlie, we mentioned it obviously during the chat. But for Charlie, the most interesting thing is she's a she's a new Star Wars fan, so she yeah. has no nostalgia. Attached to any of the trilogies, she watched all three trilogies for the first mm. time. Her first Star Wars movie was Rogue One, mm. so you know what I mean. Like, wow. there's no yeah. nostalgia goals there. She just enjoys what she enjoys. So it's, yeah. it's it's good to look at it from that perspective. That,
0: well, well, what that tells me is that the story works. No matter, no matter, you know, you can quibble all day long about whether the characterization is what you remember from a cartoon or, you know, whatever particular quibbles, sort of, you know fans who are more deeply invested in this some of this stuff um quibble about the story clearly works for folk you know um w- which is really encouraging um so let's think about where this show winds up by the end of the series ahsoka and sabine have essentially swapped places with ezra and Thrawn. um morgan elspeth is we assume dead uh Balin's skull is off, we assume, hunting for the Mortis gods or for their power or for something connected to them. Um, whether that's the same power that Thrawn said the Night Sisters were fleeing isn't. Entirely clear. Could be. Might not be. Uh, Shin Hatai is either about to slaughter a bunch of nomad raiders or lead them, I think the latter. Uh, Thrawn and a bunch of Sisters are back in the main galaxy. The New Republic's political apparatus appears unprepared for what might be coming. And a young fellow called Jason shows some promise in the old Force Department. That that kind of covers, I think, most of where, where we find and leave people. Um, how do you feel about either about the finale specifically or, or just where we leave things off at the end, Morgan? Oh,
1: man, I th- there's so much, there's so many directions this could go. Right. Um, there's just, mm. it wasn't, it wasn't a cliffhanger. Right. Um, there were enough threads tied up at the end. The last episode for me, like it, it wasn't really enough. I, I love, That we're getting more star wars content and i'm never going to complain about more star wars content but i wish that the star wars Mm -hmm. seasons that we were getting these mini series were a little bit longer um yeah because in this particular case i like where we end up right we've got that ascent like that essential flipping and flopping of where people happen to be and i think everybody is where they need to be right now Um, but at the same point in time there's there's so many i I like that we leave it open-ended
0: it, yeah, it's it's not a neat little bow. Um, this but, but still feels like an ending of sorts. Yeah. Chris, what about you? Uh, yeah, no, it
3: was a it was a good last episode. It went, went to places I didn't expect. You know, with like the uh, the zombie troopers, that was great. Um, and I, I like mm-hmm. it when when Star Wars goes bold. It's one of the reasons why I like things like the Last Jedi because they're just bold and they take risks. Whether they pay on off off or not is up to you, but. I like that they did that, so that was great. Um, And I feel like where where everyone ended up, like like Morgan said, is probably where they need to be. Obviously, the the narrative is going to shift now. It's not about finding Ezra. It's not about stopping Thrawn. It's about Thrawn and Ezra being found, and the new public are going to deal with that, and that's one storyline. But then the other storyline is whatever this this thing is on that planet that Baylor's looking for. And obviously that's what Ahsoka and Sabine are going to do. Um, so I feel like whether that's going to be in Ahsoka season two or a different show or whatever, like, I feel like, you know, it's enough and it's setting up some good things for what's to come.
0: What about you, Johnny? Are you happy with, with where, we, where we ended up?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I was pretty happy with where we ended up really to be honest. Um uh, I found the finale satisfying and uh, like you said, the we got enough answers. Um you know, the main question being was, was were Thrawn and Ezra gonna be found and then were we was Thrall gonna make it back to the main Star Wars Galaxy, um which obviously he did. Um so that sets up one main story thread they all obviously going to things like uh, the Mandalorian yeah. and, and uh, things like that and the forthcoming movie and then like you said the uh, and Sabina on Pridia um, along with Balin and Shin so obviously stuff's got to happen there um mm. presumably involving Mortis somehow um and I, I think the series as a whole was like very kind of like satisfying and uh, in what it did with the characters, especially you know, Sakura and Sabine obviously had the most kind of character development, uh, which is kind of what we were expecting and wanted. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the only thing. Do be said? I suppose is that we need a confirmation of season two because yeah. well, they can't I guess, not well, be that, a season that, two after that, that ended,
0: right? Segues nicely on to sort of the, the last thing to talk about here is: which where do we go? From here, where does the story go from here, or 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 do are we getting different stories taking different jumping off points from here? What's next, or or at least what threads are you most interested in pursuing from here? Let, let, let's put it that way, Chris.
3: Um, okay.
0: Uh, I want
3: Ezra and Chopper to go on little adventures. That's going to be sweet. Um, mm. you know, not so much. There's nothing in really that I really want burning answers to. Obviously, the obvious one is. What's that guy? What's Baylor looking for? And you know uh, that that's going to be interesting, but I'm not particularly that bothered because it's going to be some convoluted force thing, probably. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it, it, it's more it's more the characters for me. Like I'm a little bit gutted <laughs> yeah. that they are still separated one way because I really wanted the the ghost crew back together for at least a, at least a scene. Yeah, you know, yeah, that um, would be good. But, you know that that the place saved that for like the big you know, finale. They're just people, that moment, you know what I mean? In whatever yeah. they're doing. So um uh, and they hopefully the ghost won't just be in the background this time. Uh but you know, yeah, just, mm. just character moments, character beats, those kind of things. I do want Kanan though. Give me Kanan force ghost. Because Kane yeah. way more deserving of the love than Anakin. Anakin's a war criminal <laughs> and a murderer. Give me uh-huh. Kanan. Speaking of war
1: criminal, yeah. can I see Chopper committing war crimes, please? <laughs> um, <I> just- yeah.
2: More <laughs> yeah. war crimes. What we got was good, but we needed more. <laughs>
3: I was going to say, he's got a lot to live up to, because everyone keeps big, I've said this on the Rob says, but everyone keeps big and Chopper up for his to kill count, but it's only 50,000, and R2 has 1.3 million. So he's got a lot of catching up to if he wants to be the ultimate uh-huh. war criminal.
0: Well, I think Chopper definitely wants to add Sen- Senator Diziono to that count, um, based on on that scene in um, yeah. the show. But um, interesting, Chris, you said there about sort of what one thing that Rebels crew reunion. I wonder if we'll get that or not because we will. Do. You know, I I, w- I wouldn't rule out the possibility that I wouldn't rule out the possibility that that is now Ahsoka and Sabine off the board until the New Jedi Order movie.
3: No, I mean because they could wrap all that mm. in an episode up. They could do what they want. It's, I feel like we've learned.
2: Could. We've learned I mean Filoni, I feel like Sabine will get back, but maybe a so-called I'd die. And then and then Sabine. I mean, Filoni has always been mm. a big supporter of the sequels, hasn't
3: he? Like he's always loved the sequels, but he did he did yeah. say one of the things he did that he thought was missed opportunity was the fact that we never got a moment with the original guys again. All together. Yeah. So he's he's not going to miss that that opportunity with his own characters, is he? And Rex as well, Maybe. and Hondo.
0: I mean, I, I yeah, I've, I, I would love than. to see it. I would I would love to see it. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll see what we'll yeah we'll see what the future brings. Um, Johnny o, do you have any particular um, you know what threads do you most want to see picked up from here?
2: Um, I'm interested to see you know what Thrawn does once he's back and kind of rallies the Imperial Remnant. Um, and also how the New Republic reacts to that, because obviously now Ezra's back. He is kind of living proof of everything they were doubtful about. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, yeah, and just everything on Peridia what's going to happen there. Um, the one thing, I know you go, like you said, you want the Rebels crew back together. What I really want to see is um, Ezra meeting Jason Sindula for the first time. Aww.
1: Yeah. yeah. Also, because that'll
3: be yeah. emotional. And presumably yeah. we're going to get an Ezra Luke moment as well, because there's no way that Luke doesn't immediately go and meet Ezra. Yeah.
0: Well, this is the thing, you know that I, I was kind of miss. I was kind of missing through this show it was kind of references to Luke's Jedi Order with with you know. Ahsoka and Sabine having a master student relationship, and, and whether or not you know there needed to be any involvement with Luke's You know, did, did, does she need to get Luke's sign off on that, or is she doing her own thing here? What, what's the how does that work? It'll be maverick. interesting to see. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Ezra integrates if he integrates with that. Or, or I, there's there's
3: going to be at least a moment, isn't there? Like the, it's like the uh, if you have mm. read the Rose Squadron book, spoiler for book four, the moment where Luke approaches Corrin Horn and he's like. You've got the force. Do you want to <laughs> chat about that? Do you want to join me? There's got to be at least that moment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's no yeah, way. Like like, Luke, this yeah. is what Luke's all about, isn't it? If, if he's going to hear from Leia or whoever that there's another mm. force user out there, another Jedi who you know he's going to at least want to go and take a look at him.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 that's the big unknown, I think, and everything going forward is to what extent those legacy original trilogy characters will, will play a part in in these stories. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how far down that rabbit hole they go. Um, Morgan, what about you? What are, what are you most interested in, in picking up here?
1: Okay, so I do want to know what cargo it is that Thrawn, like specifically, I, I need to know the specifics on the cargo it's, that we mm, were transporting mm. back from that other galaxy. Um, yeah, I mean...
2: And how do the Night Sisters fit
0: yeah. into all this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, thing. are we thinking? Are we thinking that's live Night Sisters in stasis, or dead Night Sisters who are going to get hung in the pods on Dathomir? Oh, I didn't even
3: think of that. That's a good idea.
1: I mean, it's possible. I don't you know. know it could be something entirely new. That's that's the thing that's that's appealing to yeah. me is because mm-hmm. that. That is a box that hasn't even, like, we've not even been able to, like, lift up the lid or shake the box at all to figure yeah. out what's going on with those. Like, it could be an energy source. Like, who knows? It,
3: it could be mm. Imperial yeah. issued ration sticks that they're going to use to entice ex Imperials over. Because, to be fair, they did have that moment, didn't they, in uh, The Mandalorian where they're like, oh, you can't get these rations anymore. I already miss them. Yeah. So they're going to bring them and be like, I
0: yeah, oh, got it. them. <laughs> Come join us again.
2: Yeah
0: russian party time
2: yeah are you trying to say drawing the dark side we have cookies yes yeah pretty much.
1: pretty much yeah and listen i know i said i know we said that like Zeb wasn't important in this i want Zeb and callus together on their little farm oh, yeah, on yeah. a planet oh. and i want that to be where the reunion happens okay like that is yes. what I want.
3: We've, yeah we've spoken about this before yeah. but i want that moment have you ever seen the eternals when yes. they go yes. to meet yes. the the yeah. guy, I can't remember. And then uh-huh. he's settled down. He's got a husband, and they've got an adopted yeah. child. Oh, yes. at that moment! Yes, they have to call on Zeb.
0: <laughs> yeah, just... to- totally. I will. I will take a sort of yeah. I'll take a whole scene with you know. I don't know Ezra making a house call and checking in on Zeb to find Callis. Zeb there and, Callus and are married, and, and, and li- 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 little baby Zeb Callus and everything else. Yeah, it's
3: Callus yeah
0: Uh
3: uh-huh that's that's all i want that we had that moment in uh alphabet squadron as well going back to the books right at the end didn't we so
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely okay right final thoughts then folks um how are we feeling about eight episodes of ahsoka the show um now that it's all done and dusted morgan
1: all star wars is good star wars ahsoka is great star wars um i loved every moment of it it felt so big and cinematic and it was exactly what i wanted except for thrawn um and (laughs) i want more um eight episodes is not enough make the next season like go back to old school television where it's 22 episode seasons oh can you imagine (laughs) can 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 we please have that i know i'm not getting it but that's what i want um (laughs) And I'm just excited as this as an inroads for anyone who this is their first Star Wars, um, or maybe not their first Star Wars, but the thing that gets them into a position where they care more about the background and the lore. This can be so many people's gateway into the Clone Wars or into Rebels. And that's really exciting for me. And into books, obviously, like Jack from earlier. So love that.
0: That is really exciting. Yeah, love that. Absolutely love that. Chris, what about you?
3: I yeah, it was a good. It was my second favorite. Is way better than any of the other shows, with the exception of Andor. It just had such a higher production value. It just had more vision. Mm. It felt more like Star Wars than any of the others. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, I do understand people's issues with it, but I don't agree with those people. But I understand. Mm. Um, just give me for the next season. I don't care how you do it just like get work on technology now get pixar involved i don't care get me Leia in the second season please because yeah n- n- well one thing they don't realize is the new republic is built around Leia. you can't have a show set in the new republic without having Leia. yeah
0: and they the, 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 the should they shimmied around it with 3p and it was nice to, to know that anthony Daniels was back and was back in the suit for that
3: yeah but we need we need yeah. that. whether it's Billy Lord, whether it's
0: D Aging, I don't care, just give me later. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Johnny o what about you?
2: Um yeah, just echo what everybody else said. It was it was a great season of uh, Star Wars live action TV. Um can't wait to see all of the those characters again. Um and I will mention Yang was the MVP of this series. Oh yes. um,
0: yeah.
5: we didn't even talk
2: about Huyang. For you know, he, he was good in Clone Wars, but he wasn't really wasn't in that many episodes, and just like he was fantastic in this, and they can yeah. use him going forward. Like he could be in the Dawn of the Jedi film. He could be oh, in totally. the um, the New Jedi Order film. Yeah, whatever. Right. More Huyang.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and David Tennant killed that as well. That he was so yeah. good, so so good. Yeah. Young and Leia, buddy cop comedy. Bring it on! It. Bring <laughs> it on! You. Yeah, I mean, I all of the above. I, I, I thought this was was excellent. I uh, you know I have my gripes and my quibbles about characterization, particularly Thrawn. But I, I knew I was. Ex- what I got was what it was entirely what I was expecting on that front. I wasn't expecting book Thrawn, and and, and you know, and we and we got that sort of legends slash rebels Thrawn. Um, which which is fine, you know, it, it it does the job it needs to do in this show, but there's so much heart and magic in 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 this in those eight episodes. Um, I, yeah, I'd happily take so much more of it. Quite frankly, um, loved it. Lo- loved the music. We, we we've barely mentioned the music. Um, but you know, Kevin Kiner finally getting some live action Star Wars to do. You know, yes, uh, and letting Fantastic. some of those because so often with the music, actually, you know that he's done and well he works with his children that they've produced over the years for those animated shows you get these tiny little snippets of themes but i felt like generally had more room to breathe here you know because it's a slightly slower pace of storytelling than the average episode of animation and mm-hmm. um, some lovely stuff in there uh, i've really enjoyed listening to those two two, vol- two volumes of, of that um, soundtrack um Great stuff, great stuff. So I think that that's going to do it for another episode of the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Uh, thanks again to our off-panel contributors, John, Jack, Dan, John Lee, Joey, and Charlie. Um, and thanks, too, to this wonderful panel with me today, Morgan, Chris, and Johnny-O. Um, let's let the folks listening know where they can find you. Chris? Internet. Uh, every episode is somebody's first episode. Chris, give him the dates. Give him the dates.
3: Oh, okay. SW book collector on Instagram, um, and same on Facebook. And I wrote for Fan for Tracks as Chris Davis. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, super. Me. Me.
1: And Morgan. I am not a force user. Mostly on Instagram. And Johnny O. Uh,
2: at Starbird Files, um, mostly on Instagram, um, and also. Join the uh, Star Wars Book Community Discord and tell us why we were wrong about it. Okay?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get, get on board and, and tell us why we're talking out of our blue blowholes. Um, per- purgle blowhole. um and of course, you can find me on Instagram and threads as at Journals of the Wills and less frequently on Twitter as at Journals Wills. And you can reach out to the podcast team on all the usual social media channels. And there you're looking for at SWBC Podcast. Uh, this is going to be a lighter week than most in the podcast feed. Canon Catchup is taking a little week off, but Legends Library will be back in its usual Friday slot uh, at the end of the week. Um, but we do have a very full few weeks coming up. Uh, With a number of exciting things in the pipeline, so keep those pods set to subscribe, folks. uh, (laughs) Stay tuned, and you know if you enjoy if you enjoy the show, uh, drop us a nice review on those pod platforms because that stuff really helps. Uh, But for now, all that remains is to bid you a fond farewell. So it's a goodbye from Chris, goodbye, and it's a goodbye from Morgan,
1: bye,
0: and it's a goodbye from Johnny O.
2: Till the spies.
0: And it's a goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, folks. And we'll catch you next time on the Star Wars Book Community Podcast.